Welcome once again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you? I've been better. How are you, Phil? Uh, yeah, okay, I guess. Uh, but yeah, you said offline you had a headache. That sucks. Yeah, I'll get through it. Yes. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Uh, good, good. All right, so let's, uh, get some house cleaning things done first, which is, uh, well, actually, explain what this podcast is. This podcast is a podcast that talks uh, weekly about the latest episode of Game of Thrones. So what we do is uh, give our predictions, our suggest- uh, not suggestions, but what we suggest may happen, um, what we uh, think of the episode, the th- any interesting aspects, and so forth. So that's what we do here. Uh, but before we uh, get into our topic tonight, let's uh, do some house cleaning. And first off, Eric, uh, you do another podcast with your buddy Dan. Why do folks know about that? Who's Dan? Your buddy Dan. Oh, that Dan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, that's General Interest Podcast called the Scancity Podcast. It's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Stitcher and on the iTunes store. Eric has been doing this, uh, listeners, for five years now, so you can tell that he, the headache is really bothering him since he dropped the ball there for a moment. Well, he actually, thought you were talking about actually, another other podcast. Actually, it was completely intentional just to fuck with you, Phil. <laughs> oh, all right, very well. Anyway, um, yeah, there's a little joke because I pretend I um, don't know, well... Yeah. It is what it is, whatever. But basically, it's no, just, just ruin the illusion, Phil. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, Mike, uh, you do a genre blog. Yes, I do. It's uh, www.unnaturalselections.com. All right. And you can and find check it out wherever the internet is sold. Uh, and you can check out my latest ruminations on our trip to Scarecon in New England from last weekend, if anyone's interested. That's right. We're, uh, you know, nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, as well as the sister podcast that we do, uh, was represented at Scaricon in Springfield, Massachusetts as a guest, uh, to do a couple of panels on podcasting, uh, for attendees of the convention. And, uh, me and Mike were able to make it. Eric, uh, unfortunately was not. Uh, now, Eric. Uh, rather than pretending I don't know anything about the other podcast that you do, you you do a podcast with me and Mike. Why don't you let folks what? know? No, I don't do any other podcast. Uh, you you do uh, one with me, Mike, <laughs> Abe, and Chrissy. What? And you thought I was going to give you a headache? <laughs> uh, yes, it's the original. It's the original flavor. Dark discussions uh, of which this is a spinoff. Uh, Dark Discussions is your place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all this fantastic. Uh, we started doing that one. Uh, you can send email to darkdiscussions at AOL.com or find us on the Facebook page for Dark Discussions and at darkdiscussions.com. Uh, and while this podcast, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, has its own feed, it's also available in the Dark Discussions podcast and can use all the Dark Discussions means of communication to get a hold of us. That's right. And actually, uh, one folk actually did email the dark discussions at AOL.com email specifically to discuss, uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. So, uh, yes, yes. So both podcasts, same email. And, uh, 
darkdiscussions.com. Uh, now let's see. Uh, um, anything that we want to bring up? Let's let's keep it a little light because uh, I noticed uh, our last dark discussions podcast. It was like thirty minutes of of uh, discussing um, preamble. Well, it was basically it's discussing the upcoming con when we should we can probably just mention that we're going rather than explaining all about it like uh, we yes, did the well, last. We'll be at the Scares the Cares convention July twenty second to July twenty fourth. There you yeah, go. Ex- exactly. So, folks, <laughs> wait, uh, wait, where is that? <laughs> Williamsburg, Williamsburg Virginia. Virginia. Yep. Right. More information. Go to scaresthecareweekend.com. That's right. That's right. And uh, if you have any uh, interest in meeting up with us to have uh, hamburgers and spirits or whatever to just discuss Game of Thrones or horror, no fucking vegan shit, <laughs> or horror, sci-fi genre films, uh, we're always willing. To not only meet up with you folks, uh, but we will have a table there, and you can uh, come and uh, say hello. So, and we'll have giveaways and and whatnot. Um, the last thing I wanted to bring up, Mike, why don't you explain it uh, nice and quick? Uh, the t-shirts. Right, we are selling through June thirtieth. After June thirtieth, no more. Uh, at least not on this round. Uh, we are selling uh, two dark discussions t-shirts. One black. Uh, t-shirt with a white skull design and one white t-shirt with a little dog design uh, in honor of phil's little dog uh and we're selling them through booster.com you can find a link on the website you can find a link on the facebook page you could go to booster.com b-o-o-s-t-e-r uh booster.com and search for dark discussions um the t-shirts are 22 dollars plus shipping um, you could order one, you could order both, you could order a million, you could order a thousand, you could order none and just give us money. All of that's possible thanks to Booster.com. But we're doing this to sort of uh, raise funds to help pay, set off the costs, recent costs of the podcast, as well as uh, our convention appearances and some of the giveaways that we've been doing. Uh, so if you can do that, we've we've raised a decent amount, more than I ever expected, mostly thanks to Michelle Barkley. And I want to thank everybody who's contributed, everyone who's bought a T-shirt, um, including the most recent contributor one uh eric webster that's right uh although i will i'll be honest i ordered two of the skull t-shirts because i'm not wearing that little jog shirt okay terrible (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so if you if you uh want to buy one you have until june 30th to do so they will go into manufacturer starting on july 1st and you can expect them to arrive mid-july uh so thank you in advance if you're willing to do that uh if you want to wait, you have until June 30th, and only until June 30th. Did I mention that it's not going to be available June, after June 30th. June 30th? Yes. Now, uh, for folks who forget any of that information and where to buy the T-shirts, uh, we do have it on the front page of darkdiscussions.com, where you can go right there, and you'll see it right on the front page, and you, it'll bring you to the link to how to buy the T-shirts, as well as it's uh, the pin post on uh, you know nothing, John Snow's a Game of Thrones podcast Facebook group, which, as Eric said earlier, is under the same uh, podcast, the sister podcast, Dark Discussions podcast. Just search for Dark Discussions podcast on Facebook, and you can join the Facebook group where there's a, numerous discussions on various uh, genre films as well as uh, mostly recently uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, some of our listeners, specifically uh, Sean Fox has posted numerous things about Game of Thrones on uh, the Facebook group page. All right. 
I think that's it. I don't think there's any further things uh, before we get into a discussion of the episode. Uh, Game of Thrones news in general. Anybody, uh, anybody uh, have any news about Game of Thrones they wanted to bring up? Yeah, there were a lot of interesting fan theories uh, raised uh, about Arya and the Waif, and they were all proven wrong this week. Yeah, but a whole bunch of uh, favorite fan theories got crushed during this week's episode. Except, except, I must say, Mike predicted it 100%. He was right on, Mike. I was very impressed. About what? About what what would happen with the Waif, Arya, and um, Jarkar... Whatever his name is. Well, oh, yeah. someone else. But part of it, somebody else predicted, and I just and I just stole that. But um, but that was the yeah, one they, that they, you they went, Yeah, they kind of went with I think the least, maybe the least interesting, but certainly the least convoluted uh, culmination. Yes, yes, and they also in this episode answered a question that I had about the the banners without. Uh, or the, the Brothers Without Banners. Brothers Without Banners, which uh, we'll discuss in a moment. Uh, any other news anybody wanted to bring up about uh, Game of Thrones in general? Mike, I, uh, you mentioned in passing, and it may not have even been on the You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast episode, but maybe even on one of our Dark Discussions podcast episodes. But you heard something about how they've, they're going to release the next season or two seasons of Game of Thrones? It's kind of weird. They've, they've confirmed that the next season will only be seven episodes. And then, I guess, near the end of that, they'll have decided officially how long the final season, the eighth season, will be. There's a lot of talk about the potential for a spinoff, although no one's really saying anything about that yet. I've got an idea that is just an idea that they may have alluded to this episode, but uh, we'll see. Oh, all right. And you'll bring that up as we discuss? When it comes up, yes. When it, when when we get to that relevant part, right, I think uh, I think Mike and I might be on the same page here about something. Are Are you thinking the Adventures of Podrick and Hot Pie? Oh no, no. Oh, okay. Well, good. Neither <laughs> am I. All right. All right. So we'll we'll discuss that in a moment. Um, I only, I guess, if there's no more regular news or gener- generic news, uh, let's go through. Uh, the behind the scenes. Uh, this episode, season six, episode eight. Only two episodes left. This episode here is called No One, obviously specifically related to the Arya storyline. Uh, it's directed by Mark Mylod, his last uh, episode of the season. Mark Mylod, as we discussed uh, prior, is basically one of the co-producers uh, and director of uh, the television show Entourage, which is uh, familiar for folks who are HBO fans because it's on the same station, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the episode was written by David ben- Benioff and D.B. Weiss, so the, the showrunners, uh, which they've pretty much written almost every episode this, sh- this season, except for two, I think. Uh, the number of viewers to be determined released on June 12, 2016. This is June 13, 2016. And uh, we're going to discuss uh, next week. Um, Michael Miguel Sepochnik makes his season debut as the director. Bless you. Yes, no problem. Uh, so that's all I get for that. Um, so let's uh, discuss what we thought of the episode. Basically, well, uh, uh, Phil, I want to start. This is uh, 
Oh, I do have an email, by the way. Sorry. This is uh, okay, but I'll I'll let you read the email next. But uh, just this is the second time I've had to do this this season, uh, and I want you to know how much this pains me. Uh, But last week I gave you a lecture about referring to the hound as the chicken man and how unacceptable that was. I think I need to take that back this week uh, because apparently the show writers want you to call him the chicken man uh, because they dropped a line specifically in reference to that. So the chicken man, it is. I apologize. The chicken man can cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Okay. But 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 when when he did bring up that that line in in the episode, I was like, high five and nobody because no one was listening. But I would have high five somebody. If I was my dog could have high five me, but but she was sleeping. So, so I, was I, like, I ah fuck, I gotta take it back. <laughs> well, I got a question for for you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to know how to kiss proper? No. No, I would not. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I since why don't we I guess we're gonna start here since we're, we're no, we already no, have one. Let's, no. let's we, we no. gotta read the email. Yeah, we gotta oh, okay. Alright, so the email, uh it's titled You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, episode eight, no one. So it's referring to uh, tonight's episode. Uh it's by a gentleman named Sean Fox from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada, which I believe we already mentioned. Uh he's uh, very active on the Facebook group, uh specifically uh, a lot recently on Game of Thrones. Uh and he has always been on board with the chicken man. He was with me on that. Yes, so. he was. So uh, this is what he has to say. He goes, Hey gang, wanted to send an email about the latest episode. I am a converted Philite after last night's hinted conclusion of the Arya storyline. After all these seasons of her running around getting stabbed, blinded, and stalked by the Waifinator. (laughs) That's awesome! I I was thinking during during the episode we're going to be discussing how how much she looked like the fucking Terminator at one point. That's fucking sweet, Sean. Alright, sorry, continue. I I was thinking more the Waif 1000, but there we go. Okay. (laughs) And, and I would like to say the all these seasons of Wax On, Wax Off. We should add that, too. Uh, but he, he goes, we come to the realization she is Arya Stark, and she is going home. Seems like the whole Arya storyline was a waste if this is what it was for, but that is just my opinion. I did laugh through as the waif chased Arya through the streets of Bravos as a mix of a 70s police chase sequence and half expecting the waif to remove her face and reveal that she is truly a T-1000 or TX unit from Skynet. She did give a good stern look like Robert Patrick's T-1000 several times. The rest of the episode was just okay, but I really got the feeling it was just a holding pattern to await the long-awaited battle of the bastards on pay-per-view next show. I did think the blackfish seemed to do quite an about face, and instead of dying uselessly, he could have been to, of use to Team Sansa. The Marine story again seems like filler, and Daenerys' return seemed just blah. Cersei getting screwed was a nice touch, and holy crap, did the mountain pull off a Mortal Kombat fatality on that one sparrow minion or what? Good to see the hound. Uh, get to do some vengeance slaying and also get to meet the good members of the Brotherhood Without Banners. I still want the climatic showdown between the Clagan brothers before the end uh, before this ends, damn it. 
Overall, this was the weakest of the episodes this season, in my opinion. And I expect next week we'll make up for it, Spades. The only saving grace was no bland snakes again, which I am very, very happy to never, ever, 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 ever see again. By the way, will your T-shirts and donations page be up permanently, or is it only a temporary fundraising? Until June 30th! I cannot... I cannot make my donation until the end of this month. After all the hours of entertainment and fun you have provided, I would hate to miss out on being able to do a thank you donation. Keep up the great work as always. Sean from St. Alberta, Canada. Well, Sean, if you can't make the June 30th deadline, just let me know and I'll uh, contact me through Facebook, private message me. And what I can do is order you the T-shirt, make sure it gets sent to your address, and then you could just reimburse me later. That's right. And Mike accepts PayPal. Mike, Mike accepts everything. Mike's a whore. <laughs> you beat me there. <laughs> now, um, let's see here. A couple of things. Well, I, I, I want to respond to a couple of things that he mentioned during his uh, email. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, one is that the uh, I could not agree with him more about Arya's storyline. Um, I mean, honestly, a season and a half of Go, they could have just had her say, my name is Arya Stark and I'm going home. I, I don't understand. Uh, I, and I started to get really pissed off at the television series about this. Uh, but then I realized that it's not really their fault. It's George R. R. Martin's fault because if he didn't have to write 1,500 fucking pages to get there, they wouldn't have to take a season and a half to get there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it all starts with George, but uh, I understand your frustration with that storyline. Absolutely. And I hear what you're saying about Daenerys in this episode as well, which was also unfortunate because uh, this season uh, is making Tyrion look like a chump, and that pisses me off because he's way better than that. All right, very well. Um, I, I think it, it's not necessarily making him look like a chump. It's just a boring storyline uh, because everybody can make faults. And in this show, almost every pl- player of the game has made many mistakes. But um, I just don't like that whole marine storyline. It's kind of boring um, myself. I don't, uh, the, I, don't, I don't disagree. For the Arya storyline, um, yeah, I think they could have done two episodes of her training to become an assassin and then say, I'm out of here, instead of through two years of waxing on, wax off. I agree. Um, um, now, I have a question for you, Eric. Uh, what is the waif supposed to mean? What does the, the, that term, waif, mean? I mean, that's what she's called. That's, but That's her official character name on the IMDb page. Okay, so that means nothing specifically, right? No, it's just, no. Okay. Right, just a tiny it. little girl. It's just right. a way it's... It's it's a way to identify her without calling her the girl. Gotcha, gotcha. Instead of just having or her, a oh, girl, oh, or I, a girl, or a girl I, that has no name. That's true. Yeah, and because the waif never is used on the television series itself, right? No, I have a feeling it came directly from the script. Yeah. Okay. Very well. Um, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. They have to call her something because otherwise it's. The girl with no name. Um, right, so where are we going to start? Are we going to start with the wave? Are we going to start with the chicken man? Let's start with the disappointing storylines in Marine and with Arya, and then we can just okay. get to the good stuff. All right. See, I think what I would argue is with Arya, um, there was character development that happened that she let go, or seems to have let, let go of her list. Um, I think... I don't think she mo- has now. 
I think she's going uh, back to kill Cersei's. That's 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 how they're going to eliminate Cersei's from the show. It's well, I think she may end up doing that, but I don't think that's her plan when she talks about going off to see what is west of Westeros. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, good point. Right. And and I do believe that some of that happened when she was with Lady what's her face? Crane. Uh Lady Crane. And um you know, so when she starts talking about the character of Cersei and I think you sort of see her as she talks about Cersei as a person, but you, it also parallels what she's gone through as a Stark. I think maybe she has a bit of empathy. It also helps that most of the people on her list have died uh, while she's been out of the game. And, you know, it, it really it's kind of like somebody training for 40 years to finally come back and beat Muhammad Ali. And, you know, it's well. Yeah. Too late. Too, yeah, way too late. Um, well, Mike, let me ask you this. Do you think Arya's storyline and all the Cersei stuff is she is becoming what Cersei's would be if Cersei's had been a, a different generation, a younger generation? In other words, she's going to uh, become an evil Cersei's, but have no. the more liberated generation view where she no. has power. No, I think part of the thing is, and this is a, an issue with the Starks versus the Lannisters, is that the Starks are stuck up north and the women there are, they have different expectations, uh, which is something else I would sort of put on people who say that Sansa never had a choice in her role because she was a woman. Um, but you have characters like, um, which we, we don't really see in the series much, but Lyanna Stark, but, uh, who, who were able to kick ass. They talk about the, uh, the Umbers who trained their daughters to hunt. You know, and all this other stuff that you could be a girl and still be an Arya Stark. You didn't all have to be a proper lady. Where and that was saw, kind of the thing. We saw a Mormont who's up north, and she was a powerhouse too, the little girl. Yeah. So, and you compare that with with Cersei, who wanted to be able to hunt and all the other fun shit that her brother got to do and sword play. And no, she had to be, um, she had to be a proper lady. So I think, and that's part of where her frustration came in. But I think she was. Uh, as the hound would put it, I think she was always a cunt. Um, where oh, I think, where, where, I, where I don't think that's the case with with Arya. Arya just got allowed herself to be consumed by vengeance. I think she's self aware enough that she's picked that up. Where I don't think, um, I don't think Cersei would ever. Yeah, she'd say yes, fuck right, I want revenge, and not see how that's a maybe not a character. Uh, Boost, you know that's not a benefit to your to uh, to your who you are, no, and that it's but, actually a weakness. Let me ask you this: uh, Do you think that George R. R. Martin, since it goes back to him, um, is trying to rewrite, or not rewrite, but redefine? No, not even redefine, but make an opinion on gender roles, meaning that a Sansa, when she was at the beginning of the season or series, was is bad while Arya and Cersei type is is good or do you think he's unbiased and he's just thrown out a bunch of characters I think you'd have to wait until the series is completely over and I would be really careful about making any comments and assuming whether they're deliberate or simply the writer's opinion sort of working themselves out through the story unintentionally. Um, Martin is a person who lives as much as he revels in the in the ancient days. 
he lives in the modern era and you know maybe he has a, a thing for strong women or appreciation for that yeah I was the, uh, for that for not let's say non-traditional roles but I think if you look at the series and where it begins and we you know go to uh, how Arya is you know uh, outshoots Bran and you know can't stand having to do needlepoint with her sister uh, even her sword needle is sort of a, um, a play on those gender expectations you get that several soliloquies by by Cersei talking about you know uh, how her her lot in life is limited because she's a woman well let me ask uh, you this if I could interject if yeah. if um, it, or is this just modern being you know the the comic book geek where they like the power or the modal combat geek where they like the powerful woman that to kick ass and it has nothing to do with really uh, a question on on gender roles or 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 typical or more expected gender roles itself. Well, I think he, I think he's written strong women. I don't think he's written cartoonish women. With, yeah, I mean, you can make an you can argument that like Gwendolyn Christie's uh, Brienne is a little bit cartoonish because who, of who she is. Um, but if that was if we if was we were filled with uh, you know let's say uh, what's her name. Uh, like Laura Croft types, you know. Then I think you know you might have more of an argument. But he, but most of the women on the show are are feminine and, and strong in female ways, for lack of a better term. They still have the female role. They're strong mothers um, and wives. Uh, they aren't except for the all, horse. right? They're, but they're not all running out there, you know, with swords and killing people. You have two women like that, and that's Brienne. And a little bit of Arya. Well, I guess you could also throw what's her face greet in there with the bow and arrow. Yeah, but otherwise, there. I mean, you look at Caitlyn and and Cersei. And by the way, you've uh, you've had good women and bad women. You know, whether it's Cersei or um, what's her name, Lady Arryn of the Vale, uh, who got to fly through the moon door. Um, yeah, yeah or the Sand Snakes. Right. So I think, and the Red Woman, and you have complex characters. So I don't think it's. I, I don't think he's being that narrow, but I do think you are seeing as the series progresses a change in the women's roles on the series. And maybe that, that might be conscious, it might be subconscious, but as you're seeing more and more of the men getting killed off, and you're seeing more women take over, including a 10-year-old girl uh, on Bear Island, um, you know, that I think, I, I think that might be deliberate, but we'll see. If he's, whether he was intending to say that, no, um, or, and people, people were jumping the gun before him. But I do think people who criticize him for saying how cruel the, the show has been to women, I think that's that's certainly a comment on his, where women were treated historically. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was just curious your opinion, and, and I want to ask you, Eric, your opinion too. Maybe, um, but the, uh, I don't know if this was bashing. Um, the older gender roles are not, and, and I was just curious because you know nowadays you hear, see all this where they try to do it, bash it, but then you have newer changes where, like for example, he also does Sansa sewing for nationalism, and that was pretty cool. Or we see in, in um, Jurassic Park, even though Erica will get a kick out of it, is the the woman running in heels away from a dinosaur. You know, and they say that was a feminist power thing or whatever. So it's it's just interesting. How um, the take, and I was just curious if any of you, uh, what about you, Eric, do you think that 
This is trying to portray what a woman nope, can it's just be. A story. God bless you, Eric. God bless you. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's continue. Uh, so we're talking about um, uh, this 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 scene here. Uh, yeah, well, Eric. What's your opinion? Yeah. Uh, are we talking about the the chase? Yeah. Are we, are we talking about? Right, okay. Well, first of all. Um, uh, maybe I didn't understand correctly how things work at the House of Black and White. I thought that the reason that uh, the Waif needed to kill Arya is because Lady Craig didn't die, and they needed a life. Yeah, I was confused uh, here too, Eric. Good point. But then, but then the Waif goes ahead and kills Lady Crane anyway, and then also tries to kill Arya, which is two lives. So uh maybe they still needed to kill lady crane and he just wanted to punish arya for disobedience i don't know i think um, he was I, I think that was this i think it was punishing arya yeah uh, that that would be my guess and i thought I mean, there that, was something... that would be the only thing that makes sense right Mike? right and and I'll, I'll get to that when we get to the ending um of that scene there was there was something else that i thought might have been clever wordplay and makes me kind of want to rewatch the whole thing um, although not because it is a little repetitive. Um, yeah, we have to go back to the Lady Crane thing. And this, here's my problem is that the entire thing seemed to be from last week of Arya acting completely out of character and like an idiot, uh, right. just seemed to be there so that the wave could kill Lady Crane. Well, because, because uh, you, yeah, you could have, I don't know what you, that was all about. Yeah, so this is why I was kind of hoping when I was hearing all these crazy fan theories about how Arya is the waif and the waif is Arya and they're really, yeah, you know, whatever. The, the yeah. Bravosi Fight Club theory. Yeah, there's a well, there's that. <laughs> I heard the theory that in fact that the way that Arya that the waif was wearing an Arya mask and Arya was wearing the old lady mask and you what? know and, oh. and I've heard I heard all sorts of stuff. I said, well, at least whatever that ended up being. At it the was still very stupid. least, well, it would have been convoluted, but it would, you know, maybe explain why Arya was acting like so out of character last week. Um, but really, if you think about it, if you take out all the stuff from last week and you take all the stuff with Lady Crane this week, you basically could have just jumped in this week with Arya being pursued by the Waif and not really missed a beat. And really, I thought that's what they should have done. I don't know why they had to drag Lady Crane back into it, other than to kill another character that we like. Um, right. I will say that it was uh, you, yeah, that this is justice of that era, right? Where Lady Crane, you know, makes that remark of how she basically fucked up the face of the other actress, so she'll never be she able. She had it coming. Oh, I'm not saying she didn't, but it is, you know, it is that era. Um, yeah. There, 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 there was no. There was no trial. Um, well, and, it's just, and, and in I, fact, I, we just, we just still, took our word for it. That's what I was about to say. There's still no proof that the hot chick was guilty of anything. It was just... <laughs> oh, of course, make, Phil defends the hot chick. Uh, it's just, are you making making an assumption? Probably, well, and, probably there were also, right. There were also people who were saying that the whole thing might have been a setup by the faceless man, um, by, by Jacques Hagar. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that was. I mean, I think you, me, and Eric all thought maybe it was a setup because of the play was directly related to the Stark family, and so yeah, it was right. So, so you could 
debate whether or not that name was ever actually submitted in the first place. But um, I, I think if we, as the viewers who are aware of everything, had some doubts as to whether who put the name in there, Arya's 30-second uh, Scooby-Doo work, uh, <laughs> I, I think is an awful lot to go out on limb and, and just assume that that she's the one who, who wanted to have her murdered. Because right. it seemed like she wasn't that popular with anybody behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, let's put her aside for a moment. Uh, oh, that's, that that's, a, that's an excellent point, Mike. Yeah, because uh, the screenwriter of the play even yelled at her. So it, I, I think you're right. I think most there was, there was a handful that liked her, the, the dwarf and one of the, um, a, uh, the actor that played Ned Stark liked the... Uh, the Lady, whatever her name is, but everybody else in the play didn't like her anyway. So it could didn't have, seem could, to. So yeah. I was just saying there were, there were other possibilities. She, I'm not saying that she wasn't suspect number one, but I, I just seemed a little quick to pull the pull the blade yeah, on her. And, and to be honest, it, it seems a little far fetched in my opinion that this little play that anybody can go watch. I mean, this is the thing you would find in a subway in New York City for Christ's sakes. That they, someone would want someone murdered. To get that role to to play in front of you know forty people. Well, free. there were no there were no you know movie theaters at the time, so that's kind of how all the entertainment was done. If you're going to be an actor, that's how it was done. Here's here's now this is this is this is pure nitpicking on my part. I was wondering why everyone was applauding her performance in the beginning of the episode when there are no mics and therefore she was whispering so quietly, not a fucking person in the audience could have heard what she was saying. Yeah, that's a fair point. There, there is well, a reason why, act, why all actors used to act like William Shatner is because they all had to play to the back row. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. yep. But that, again, yeah, you're that's right. That's just nitpicking. Yes, that is just nitpicking. But uh, again, I, 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 again, we have the right to nitpick that Aria story, in my opinion. Well, we have the right to nitpick all the stories, and there'll be another one coming up. But um, yeah, so th- so that whole thing didn't have to be there. The other thing, reason it was there was perhaps, you know, talking about her traveling with the troop. Um, and then she says, I want to go west. What's west of Westeros? Yeah, that, well, that's and, where and she even said, what's east of Easteros? And then she says, what's west of Westeros? And then that's where I may want to go or something like that. Right. She didn't ask what's south of Southeros or north, north of Northeros, but yes. Um, but that's why I was... Yes, and that's why I was wondering if that might not be setting in a, a seed for a potential spinoff series. Oh my god, that suck. One of the characters I would least want to see in a spin-off. Well, series. you don't like the character. A lot of people uh, well, do it, but they don't like the storyline. If she hooks up with the hound, then then you got something going there. But well, but she she is she is like it or not, Phil, one of the most popular characters and actresses on the show. Um even if yes. people have gotten frustrated with the storyline. Well, and also to be fair, I don't think it's the character you dislike, it's the storyline. Yeah, that that's that's a fair point. Yeah, because I loved her when, when she was with the Hound. But here, yeah, it, it's been. And I don't know. Does anyone see her fitting in well in 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 the power structure? However, this thing ends up. I, I actually, mean, I don't I, see her. I liked her in in with Charles Dance. I liked her with Jacques Hagar back uh, when when they in were season in two Westeros. and season three. Yeah, yeah, but but this part, yeah. Um, I see your point, Mike. But I think that's my point. Is is that her only? point of the whole series is just to go and kill Cersei's and knock out the Lannisters from the game. Right, I don't think she's, she, I don't see her as like becoming head of the Kingsguard, no. or you know, the the Lord Commander of the Black Wall, or 
You, yeah, uh, you're, you not, you're not going to have a five foot actress be able to play all that unless she stands on a box like Alan Ladd did. Yeah, and she's not going to, and she's not going to be somebody's queen or lady. Is not going to be true to her character. So I see her as someone likely go off to have adventures. And maybe well, she'll you hook the, up with Yara. Yeah, maybe. And she's she's a uh, a young actress. She would be relatively cheap, I think, compared to a lot of the actors on the show. Yeah, uh, especially lot. especially with some of them, like like Sophia Turner's now moving into Hollywood films, and I don't her character isn't is more apt to be remain as a television actress, the girl that plays her. Right, and I think we we recognize that there's there are certain issues with actresses getting good roles in Hollywood, especially role if you're interested in sort of an, an adventure type storyline. So if this one comes along, why not grab it? And, and especially. Um, the actress as well. I mean, I mean, certain actors and actresses we know get certain storylines over other actors and actresses, and right, and, and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, but again, you're just assuming that that's where a spinoff would go, right? Uh, that that was one possibility. Was that the one you were thinking of, Eric? Huh? I don't think there's going to be a spinoff. Okay. Um, I'm with Mike here. I thought you kind of said that you thought there was at the, when Mike brought this up earlier. Uh, no, no, I was just depending. I was, I was opposing your statement that the Arya character is a bad character. That's all I was saying. No, no, no. This is going back earlier. And yeah, anyway, never mind. I thought you had said something similar. Uh, we must have misunderstood what you were saying. Okay, Which, it happens. It's no big deal. All right, so. Um, yeah, so what did you guys think of this? I mean, Mike predicted it 100%. Whether or not you took it from someone else, Mike, you predicted it 100%, which is, uh, I, I, well, I predicted she was going to kill the waif. So she killed the waif, and then it was one of two things. Uh, Jaka and Hagar was going to have to, you know, kill her, or she would have to kill him, or more likely is what you said, Mike, which is she, he would, you know, you know, basically uh, tip his hat to her and let her go. And you, you said exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, well, I, it's what I have to give credit to is as much as I haven't liked or, or found a lot of this stuff a little pointless and repetitive uh, and redundant um, is... Which you just I, did, Mike, because you yes, said exactly. three adjectives were the same thing. <laughs> was that there, there was a... That I have really liked the way they put together the scenes, that the editing has been really good, and the chase sequence I think they put together here was really well done. Oh, there's no doubt that, that the film, film cinematography and the, and the editing and all that is good in all the scenes, but yeah, go on. Well, yeah, and it did. I, and I, Yeah, go I, ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, I, I mean, as far as the way it was shot, yeah, everything was fine. But I just couldn't, I, I could not get on board with this chase scene because she had a fucking gut wound. Yeah. You can't run she like that dead. when you have a gut wound. You can't jump off balconies. You can't leap down staircases. You can't run dead. at all, let alone run fast as that. It's crazy. You can't do that dead. when you've been stabbed in the gut. She would be dead. That's all. That, that, uh, I, I think I think wounded they should have never had the waif wounder like she did the episode well that, that also would have been an issue and there were there were shades of prometheus with this and and giving her a gut wound when then dunking her in uh in the water scummy around the river yeah yeah in the scummy river oh, yeah I, from well i mean she, she probably would be i mean if the hound could survive his wounds maybe she could survive hers we don't we aren't told how long it was that she was laid up uh you know i could i could go through and make arguments but it's yeah there's 
it, it, it was if you're, if you're gonna nitpick the whisper, I get to nitpick this. No, I don't consider that. I don't consider that. Yeah, this is not a nitpick by any means, Eric. This is absolutely. I was 100 on board with it because the moment she gets stabbed last week, I was already rolling my eyes at. Oh my god, she's going to kill the waif and escape, and yet with that type of wound falling into a, a dirty, filthy river, she was going to die one or two ways, and she and I knew, and we all knew she wasn't. So to have her then be able to pull a, a Prometheus was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page here. So yeah, it was it was unfortunate, and I I, I don't know why. Hopefully, this will pay off in a way that we're not envisioning down the road. Now, the the one thing I was going to say is that if you listen to what the uh, the wave tells her, which is something along the lines of, you know, the faceless god declares a name, uh, wants a name, and uh, or the many faced god, sorry, wants wants a name. And I cannot change that. You cannot change that. No one can change that. And she changed it. And she was no one. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm lost there too, Mike. What were you talking about? She says, the wave says that no one can change. Basically, it says no one can change what the many face God demands. Okay. And... You could argue when she changes how things come out, that's therefore she's no one because she changed the game. But she is um, no one. She's already Stark of Winterfell. Right. Well, he says, you're finally no one. And then, she's, and then she says, no, I am. But I'm wondering, you know, it's, it's again, it's just an issue of a play on words. I think that that's a okay. little bit much to go through the whole series to have a play on words like that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's what it was. So, yeah, I think it's it really was a, a four episode, four, or, sorry, two season head scratcher, this whole arc. Well, and, and and to be honest, I see your point about the play on words, but I mean, Jaka Hagar seems like he's a pretty smart guy, and something like that. I mean, in other words, it was a play for the audience because the character it doesn't fit any of the characters. Maybe the waif, but Jaka Hagar would never have fallen for that, and he would have known what was going on. And, and if Arya became Arya again, then she could change the rules. And it's it's just very. No, odd. I don't think you're quite catching, but yeah, it's it's. Never mind. It, it's not significant enough. Anyway. Um, yeah, all right. So yeah, let's, let's just, move on. Yeah, let's, let's move, move on, on to... No, Mike, Mike summed it up. You, you summed it up, Mike, which is... It's unfortunate to, to season arc. So, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Marine. Right. Yeah, another unfortunate uh, season arc. <laughs> uh, uh, and, yeah. and, and they could have cut this episode five minutes because it was an hour, which is good. I like the longer episodes, but it could have actually been a 55 minute episode because <laughs> there was no reason to have five minutes of jokes. Of bad that, jokes. Yeah. yeah, what the fuck was that about? It was more oh, just on. to get Tyrion back on screen, I think. That's all I can think of. Well, I think well, yeah, there might have been what... a... Go ahead. Oh, Eric, Eric was saying something. Go ahead, Go ahead, Eric. Eric. I was just going to say there's no reason to put him back on screen if you're just going to make him look stupid. Well, I could see them putting him back on screen to see that he screwed up, uh, and those, you know, with the the political stuff, and and now we're getting attacked. But yeah, five minutes of him acting stupid with jokes that aren't funny, that doesn't push the story at all, was, uh-huh. was kind of stupid. Yes, it was. Well, I do think I, I, whether it's necessary or not uh, is is a whole another debate. Um, but I think they were trying to make a comment, or maybe uh, maybe this is me, is that um, 
you know, in, in the case of the jokes, nobody was getting anybody's jokes. That is that they, they weren't seeing anything from anybody's perspective and they were very limited in what they were saying. So you had, uh, what's her name? Masande telling a joke that would be funny if you, I guess if you were a translator who's, you know, been doing a lot of translating for people. Right. And Tyrion's telling a joke that only is funny if you know the families of Westeros. So and all they could have, what they could have done was just simply said, said, we're, we're all looking at things different perspective. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's just putting text instead of subtext. <laughs> I like that. I might use that sometime. That's not some I mean, text. That's just text. Some, sometimes text is better than well, subtext. Sometimes it is. And I don't, I, I didn't, I liked this scene better than the last one that they did. Uh, because, Which doesn't you know, tell you asked, much. Well, it tells me something. It tells me I like this scene better than I liked the last one that they did. Uh, I did like, he, uh, he, sorry, go ahead. Because he does get them to loosen up a little bit. He does get him to question, well, why is it that you don't drink? Because you're following, those are the rules written by the masters and you're just following the masters' rules. Um, and anything that lets these two let their hair down a little bit, I don't have a problem with. But it doesn't um, advance the story, which is fine. You know, well, you it's character development. I guess, yeah, yeah. But it was like, it just felt in the middle of the episode like, what the hell is this? Now, I, 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 I'm kind of with Phil on this one. Um, although I will say, I did like the, the, uh, goodbye between Tyrion and, and, uh, and Varys. Um, cause they actually, like, kind of admit that they like each other at this point. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second before we get back to the, the, the war that happens. Um, now, Eric, you read the books. I've cheated, and Mike probably has too, and read things in the future. Uh, through what the books have done. Do you think this is the Varus going to do what he does in the books? That I, I've, I've told you many times, I don't remember the books. I don't remember what he does in the books. Mike, you probably remember, based off of nope, cheating. Like not I, at all. Okay, then, what, all right, well, then what's your opinion, you guys? What do you think he's done or he's going to do? I won't say. He, because he's, he's going to re, uh, reconnect his connections in Westeros. Okay. No, no, oh, some type. I think he he has to get. She wants ships. He's going to get ships. The question is, who is he going to go to? Is he going to go to Dorne? Is he going to go to, um, where is it? Pentos or wherever it is uh, that Yara and Theon are hold up. I, I think ships is where he's going. And and he has to, like you said, yes, he has to make connections somewhere in Westeros. So he says he needs some support there, but I think the first things first, he's got to figure out a way to get some get some ships. Okay, all right. So he's just going to get ships then. Interesting. All right. It, it, I mean, it was a wonderful scene, as Eric stated. It just came out of nowhere, but because you know it wasn't like they were they didn't set it up in prior episodes that this was going to happen. However based off of my cheating and, and seeing what he does in the books, it makes sense. Okay. Maybe he's going to get chicken. <laughs> oh, I know so what then, he's going to do. He's, he's going to uh, find the one and true king, Stannis Baratheon, and bring him back, because we missed him in this episode. We, I predicted he would come back this episode. Uh, well, you were completely wrong, just as you will be every time you predict he's coming back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, 
So up in the up in the bad joke telling room, uh, they get a little drunk, and then Daenerys shows back up. Um, uh, not quite. Well, there's a war in between, but that's pretty much what happens. Yeah, the uh, see, yeah, the 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 slavers come back and assault the city, and then Daenerys comes back. Are we left to assume that Drogon flies off, destroys the ships? Uh, well, no. It looks like Drogon's flying away into the fucking distance. I don't understand. He's gone. Well, he's he's head towards the horizon when we see him. So Daenerys is going to stop the ships all on her own. I that's, I, that's... I don't know. No, no, nope. There's two dragons still in the dungeons. You know, that's well, that's going to get me to my next point. See, because this is what annoys me is they're sitting there. Oh my god, we're under attack. We're under siege. We have no ships. They said they destroyed our our, our fleet. We we. We have no way to fight them back. If if only we had some dragons to set their fleet on fire. <laughs> and it's like, did you forget that you spent, you had this wonderful scene in the second episode of him making nicey-nice with the other droga, uh, well, dragons? I'll, I'll, I'll well, explain. I'll explain this. Eric summed it up perfectly. They're making uh, Tyrion look like an idiot, and Daenerys is now going to be the intelligent one and go, I'll get the dragons and kill everybody. Well, that's not making Tyrion look like an idiot. It's making the writers look like idiots. Which, Tyrion which, looking like an, which makes Tyrion look like an idiot. No, it's just right because Tyrion got the dragons free in the first place. I, I mean, unless oh, Tyrion goes... Well, now, let's let, let's back up a second to that phrase you just used. Tyrion let the dragons it, free in the first place. So, my question is this. Are they free? Did he free them? Are they still there? Did he leave the door open? I don't know. Right. Uh, so and they, they, and they might not Don't you think they should anymore. have mentioned that? Yes, I do think they should have mentioned that. You know, that that's my point. That's why it's not because if, if it was something like, okay, they're free to run around their cave downstairs, but they're not in chains, but they're still well, locked up in the caves. We've we've as noticed, opposed to we've noticed many times in this series, at least the last two seasons, that they keep on forgetting to add maybe one line that could clear everything up. Right, and they don't do that. Yeah, it's it was it was an important line because if we're waiting for fucking Drogon, you had two dragons there already. Mike, and I understand Mike, Drogon is the biggest one. Mike, you're definitely speaking to the choir or singing to the choir because I so, think me and Eric are right on board with you on this. Well, and yeah, there's also the fact that the, uh, but the, Tyrion made friends with the dragons, but he can't command the dragons. Daenerys can command the dragons. Right. right, in which case, if he'd said something like that, I'm just saying it's a sloppiness that I'm, I'm disappointed to see in the that, series. That is true, yes. Right, right. Yeah, well, the, the, the whole Marine, and even part of Daenerys' story, not all of it, but part of it, has been pretty lame this year, because you knew, we all knew, they set it up so obviously that the slavers were coming back because of their argument with, uh, Tyrion's argument with uh, Miss Sandy and and Grey Tooth or whatever his name is, and okay, Grey 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 Worm, whatever, <laughs> and and sure enough, they're here. And then guess what? At the last moment, right when they're about to get taken out, Daenerys shows up again, and yep. we know she's going to go get the, the dragons and save the day. Yeah, I was just really confused as to what where the fuck Drogon was going. I just want to point out that if it was Sansa who showed up at the last minute to save the day and she went to get the dragons, that Phil would be loving this. Well, of course. Um, um, no, no, because it's not in <laughs> Westeros. It has to be stay in Westeros. I can't stand Essos. It's a terrible place. Um, but I will say this. 
Sean Fox, our listener who sent that email, said the episode sucked. And I won't go that far. But it is on the weaker end. Of- I will say it was a letdown after last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I didn't see. I think the first episode of the season was still probably the weakest one or maybe the third one. Um, yeah, it wasn't as good as last week. Uh, but I think these are both. Well, actually, the the wave thing was a significant chunk at the end. Uh, so I guess I can't say that. But this but was a relatively small part. It's generally the whole episode. You could argue is just generally move the story along, similar to like you said, Mike, about episode one. It, yeah, but this not- one actually actually does move things along. Episode one moved things a little bit along. This moved things along in substantial ways. You know, you do get because you, you find you do finally get you know uh, Daenerys back where she belongs. You do finally get a resolution to the the Blackfish storyline. Um, yeah, so there and are things that- you get to see Chicken Man take his revenge. And yeah, and the, the hound gets to gets to do so gets to hook up with the brothers without banners. So to finish up this storyline about uh, Marine, uh, we pretty much summed it up, right? Where yeah, there was yeah. Danny's back. The city's under siege from the slavers. Danny uh, comes save the day. Yes, basically. So it's yeah. kind of lame, but it appears that's what's going to happen. But I think her saving the day is going to be a suspect saving the day. because I'm still convinced that Tyrion is slowly going to start noticing that she's evil. And then he's going to have to take her out because of her evilness. I don't think she will be taken out, but I'm not going to disagree with you on the other half of that equation. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, she probably won't get taken out until... I I think she needs to do things that are a little bit more transparently evil. Because I think a lot of the stuff that she's done can arguably be justified given the circumstances. D- yeah, depending on, on, on um, I guess, your point of view. Um, if, you, if you're not a humanist, then I could see I, I, people d- d- agreeing. Again, we're talking about an actress disfiguring another actress. I mean, for on, on because one person said she wants to kill her. You, we're talking about a world where Ned Stark is considered the best and most noble of, and just of all the, the lords. And Which he is. Executing- and yet he's executing people for because they got their pants shit and run away from White Walkers. Well, that's um, that's you know, it's th- th- this is a world in which justice is a brutal thing, and you know, it's where trial by combat, you know, which is considered a rather relatively humane form of of dealing with justice until Tom and fucks it up for everybody. So let's go so, there. So basically, Mike is saying that Daenerys could turn evil. It's just that they have to show it more evil, evil to before we we can. I think they have to that. do more work. Yeah, that 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 they they have to show her, kind of saying, "Fuck it, I'm tired of playing, trying to play by the rules." Right. And yeah, by the right, way, right, may, right now she's just powerful. She has to do some shit to become evil. And this, by the way, might be the whole thing with Tyrion is that Tyrion has tried to play nice. He has tried to do things. He did have a treaty worked up, and it wasn't a bad idea. It just blew up in his face because the people he was dealing with were not people he's familiar with and certainly weren't that trustworthy. And maybe this is Daenerys where Daenerys says, fuck it, kill them all. Well, that's what we're going to find out. So we'll see uh, probably sometime in, in the next three years. That's right. Exactly. Because it's not going to be next week based off of the, the previous. Um, so, uh, yeah. So where do we want to go next? Let's go to King's Landing. Let's do it. Uh, King's Landing, uh, Cersei gets, uh, summoned to go see the Head Sparrow, 
And she's just like, uh, no, no, I don't want to go. Well, he can come here and see me at the Red Keep. Uh, and Lancel and all his little uh, sparrow buddies are like, no, his holiness must see you. Uh, come with us now or there will be violence. And that's where we see the famous line from the trailer where she says, I choose violence. Yep. Um, and the mountain steps forward. <laughs> and one of the brave little sparrow punks uh, takes out, what do you call that weapon he's using? It's it's like a mace, only it's got spiky things on it. Yes, it's a mace with spiky things. A mace with spiky things, fair enough. Okay, takes that thing and he... Uh, Morningstar, I think. Morningstar? Oh, well, okay, fair enough. Uh, I picture if it's on different. a chain, it's a flail, and if it's not, yeah, I just, I just picture more points on a morning star, but that's just my own personal. Yeah, yeah you, you go club, you go to, from club to mace to mace to, fl- to to morning star, and then morning star to flail okay. as it gets more and more. Okay, creepy. that's so, at least that's that's always been my understanding of it. I, so this right, wait, 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 Mike. So what, Eric? <laughs> so this dude takes his morning star and plants it in the mountain's chest with absolutely zero effect. <laughs> And the mountain pricks him up by the neck, uh, throws him down, and, um, well, literally rips his head off. Um, and the rest of the sparrows run away. <laughs> I was I was disappointed, <laughs> honestly, because I was hoping they all well, here's the out. thing. I wanted here's them the, all dead. And, and he, here's he the thing, Phil. You, you, you got set up, uh, as yes. did we all, by the trailer for season six. Uh, because they made this, they made that line delivery by seriously look like it was going to be the beginning of the fight between the crown and the church which clearly is not going to happen at this point right um so that's the, i mean you were set up to think that uh and and that's why you were disappointed but uh, i sh- was hoping that at least Cersei's would have had the mount to kill them all except for one of them and then have that one say we're sparing your life because we want you to go tell the sparrow to fuck off or something like that. And they didn't do yeah, that. You're, 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 well, allow, you're, allow, you're, you're choosing wish fulfillment instead of towards storytelling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I was going to say, in any other circumstance, Phil, I think you'd think it was pretty awesome that he ripped somebody's head off. Um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, especially a sparrow. Especially a sparrow. Yeah. So basically, uh, and then what happens is that uh, there's a royal announcement. And first, Cersei gets uh, her panties in a bunch because she wasn't informed that there was going to be a royal announcement. Uh, and who, was that uh, Kevin Lannister she was talking to? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah a, okay. He's a piece of garbage. Yeah, uh, I thought you <laughs> liked him. I never liked Kevin Lannister because he, he's a wimp. <laughs> Basically, so she's like, "Why wasn't I told there's going to be an announcement?" And he's like, "There's going to be an announcement right now, right now, right here." <laughs> That was kind of funny, actually. That, that was, and funny. then uh, and then she goes to sit with Tom, and he's like, "Uh, uh, 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 no, you go over there." Um, and so, like, uh, at this point, I know that the Lannisters all into incest and everything, but I didn't see it coming that Tommen was going to fuck Cersei up the ass right in front of everybody. Uh, I would like to correct. I would like to. I would like. I would. I would like to correct Eric at one point. It's only <laughs> Jamie and Cersei's. That are into incest in Lancelot, Lancelin. The uh, Charles Dance's character was never ever a supporter of the incest because he didn't uh, even know he was he he didn't believe it until he, he, he finally he, he, told. He that's, that's, th- that's three versus one. I think my statement's still safe. Um, so 
what happens here is that uh, Tom and his clearly clearly what happened is the sparrows ran back to the high sparrow and said, "Holy shit, this guy just ripped one of our heads off." Um, and the high sparrow's like, "Oh well, that will never do. She'll choose him as her champion." Uh, and so Tom gets up in front of everybody and announces that from here forward, uh, the practice of trial by combat is outlawed uh, and no longer an option. And that Cersei and Lancel's trial will be uh, just decided by the High Septon. Not uh, Lancel. Were... Uh, t- um, the the what's the rose? The guy with the rose. What's his Did name? Did I say Lancel? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what? Well, shit. Uh, what Laurel. is his name? Oh, uh, Laurel. Laura. No. Uh, uh, Laura. Marjorie's brother. Marjorie's, Marjorie's brother. Marjorie's brother, whose name yeah. is. Uh, the 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 Knight of Roses. <laughs> the Knight of Roses. Whose name is the Knight of Flowers? Not the Knight of Flowers. <laughs> we suck uh, so bad. What the hell is this? All right, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so she's not. Lancel is the uh... Lannister. All right, Mike. Mike <laughs> it, it, it begin, I know. I know. It begins with an L. What's, what's so, so, Mike, look it up while I finish this. Yeah. I, actually, uh, I do have it written down. So, <laughs> all right, all right well, Eric, continue, please. So, basically, the big point of the scene is that trial by combat is outlawed. Um, Loris. And uh, Loris. Yes, Loris. Thank yes, you. Right. Remember, Loris rhymes with Floris. That's all I remember. Um, so, yeah, uh, I got to say, uh, I like uh, how the actor that plays Tommen did this scene. But because he's sitting on the throne and he's acting all kingly, but at the same time, he's totally fidgeting with his hands, um, uh, like on the arms of the throne, and can feel you can just tell that he's wildly uncomfortable, uh, while at the same time trying to protect his kingly presence. Uh, and I thought he did that pretty well. Um, and then uh, at the very end of the scene, we get this little. Uh, a side conversation between Cersei and uh, Kyburn, uh, where Kyburn's like, oh yeah, by the way, my little birds have been investigating that rumor you uh, told me about. And she's like, well, is it just a rumor? He's like, nope. Not just a rumor. This and that's awesome. all we get on that. But I have no, a well, feeling... We, are, uh, we all know what it is because of uh, Bran's... Um, flashbacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, uh, not, fl- not flashbacks, but futurisms. Visions. Uh, I don't know about that. Because what yeah. do you th- well? Are you th- I I th- I think that Cersei's going to take up where the Mad King left off and fucking torch everybody with wildfire. Hell okay. yeah, yeah. Burn. yeah so that's what that, yeah. Uh, no, I, I wasn't sure where you're going. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, that that's going to be all about the wildfire. Because you remember, Bran saw a wildfire in his vision when we know the Mad King never did it because Jamie killed him before it happened. Right. Uh, I so I, I think all that. of us are looking for you, you did you did cut out there for a little bit, but I think yeah. everybody got the gist. Yeah. Uh, so we are all looking forward to uh, Cersei trying to uh, basically destroy King's Landing with wildfire. And, and I, wait a minute, I, what I, happened to the last the last dead. person who tried to destroy the king the the King's Landing with wildfire? Oh, he there's was stabbed to the back by Jamie. There's a difference, uh-huh. Mike. There's a difference. Cersei's ain't insane. She's a psychopath, what? but she ain't she ain't insane. No, she, no, no, no. She's completely insane, Phil. So the point is, the Mad King was an idiot and told everybody he was going to burn everybody to, to the hell. Cersei ain't going to tell a soul, so it's only going to be Quiberg and her that know. So she's going to be able to do it and be. That successful. just means she's smart and insane. That's what. Uh, right, right. A psychopath, insane, which is <laughs> technically insane. 
So, well, he wasn't just insane. He was mad. Right. And he, he, he was like, it. burn and the mail! Burn the mail! Hold the right. door! Anyway. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, right. I mean, he, he went, he went gibbering fucking nuts as opposed to just psychopathic insane, as Phil was saying. So, yeah, there is a difference. Yes. Right. So she's going to be successful, I think. She's going to take them all. Well, out. Uh, and Brian saw it. Brian saw it. He can't change the future, I don't think. Well, he saw something. We don't know what he saw, though. So, uh, I mean, well, they're, certainly setting, they're certainly setting it up to go there, and I'd like to see that, but I have been fooled enough times with this goddamn series that I'm not going to put any money on it. Dude, we got to see the nuke. That would be <laughs> awesome to see it in the show. So we got to see it. They can't betray me. i got to see the nuke. Well, one can make the argument that the show tries not to repeat itself. So, for instance, we see Tyrion and put on trial, goes trial by combat, gets Bronn as a defender, Bronn wins. Later, he put on trial, trial by combat, gets the Red Viper, and the Red Viper gets his head crushed. Right, so they don't repeat themselves directly. Well, we've seen a king well, try my- to burn King's Landing and didn't succeed. So the variation on that theme would be to we'll see have the queen, mo- the queen mother, able to do it. And you're right, Mike. The worst one of all, out of all those things you just predicted, one, or set, mentioned as an idea where they don't repeat, was when we got to see Cersei's do the walk, and we were about to see Marjorie. Exactly. They, they took it away from us. <laughs> right, which is which is only which is you know, not even. Just, but even let's go revisit season two. You get to see her naked there. That's true. That's true. But but even that is worse than what Tommen did to us, <laughs> which is take away the Clegane Bowl. Right, that was that was, was the number one that, fa- favorite fan theory that got crushed this week. That was, with the that was like there's no more trial by combat. <laughs> that that was so much worse than anything Joffrey ever did. <laughs> there are going to be some people awfully disappointed out there. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, my so question is this. I, yeah, I, sorry, sorry, we're still on King's Landing. Once we get away from King's Landing, I'll ask this question. Oh, this, this, this Let's one, finish up with King's Landing. Yeah, so I'm thinking that she's going to nuke the place. That's based on. I, I think uh, you're right. Yep. Mike, any further thoughts on King's Landing? Uh, yeah, I think that's about well, I think just besides the general fact, I, like, I loved how they were showing her more and more marginalized. Um, with the with with Kevin Lannister and, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But I she, think we all but, get the point. But she's not because she's gonna win. Uh, well, then she'll I, stop. I don't know about if that. she wins, she'll stop being marginalized. I think she but, might uh, be part of the Inferno. Well, it may be a, a, a scorched earth policy, but at least she she didn't fail. Put it that way. Uh, all right, it depends on what your definition no, of failure is. She's she's not Daenerys. I don't think she's walking out unscathed. <laughs> um, the mountain uh, might. Oh, believe me, there's back doors everywhere in, in these places. We've seen it happen. We've seen it with Brienne this week, for Christ's sake. There's back doors. She'll be out of there. Brienne wasn't in this episode. What are you uh, talking no, about? Uh, uh, no, Brienne. Brienne. Oh, Brienne. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the back doors. There's back doors, I'm telling you. All right. Okay, so let's That's go how back. That's going to win anything. So let's oh, you go back. Oh, if you get vengeance, you win. So, speaking of vengeance, let's go back to the like Hound. Like a real humanist. And <laughs> it's a TV show. It don't have it. None of these characters. They killed Stannis. 
I, I don't care how, anymore. I live how Phil's moral stance just fucking shifts depending on what point he's trying to make. Uh, <laughs> Principle matters unless she's hot. <laughs> uh, so, Chicken Man. Um, so I have a question because this just occurred to me. We were talking about Arya earlier. Yes, I would uh, like to know how to kiss truly. And we are talking about her plan and where she's headed. Uh, and in the last episode, the Hound was talking about how hate kept him going. What What do you think would happen if Arya were to run into the Hound? How would that go? That's a good question. Um, you know what? You would think he would want to take her out, but I think... He he's smart enough. He likes putting his his mind into other people's perspectives. So he would put himself into her perspective and say, "Yeah, I was a prick, and uh, I was on her list. So whatever." And plus, she kind of liked me, but she didn't. She want to kill me either. this. So I I could I could see him buying it. Okay, I think he'd say something along the lines of, "So I hear you're overage now." <laughs> Um, no, he's never shown any, any, any perversions. I know. Well, no, because she's, she's above age. That's well, yeah, but the, the, well, no perversion. Like he's into, uh, he's, he doesn't seem like he's into the girls. He's, Maybe he's, he likes her Loris. There no, you go. No, no he doesn't. Hound and Loris will end up no, on the throne at the end. No, he's, he's not a homosexual either. I think he, I think he's asexual. He just doesn't yeah, probably. do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean. You know, he has other things that are, are bother him that that sexuality has fallen behind. Uh, but, well, he's still right. a man's man, that's for sure. But, but though he does have a fascination with cunts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just the English thing. That's just the English. Yeah, thing. I know. So, um, so pretty much right, well, we get to uh, follow up with him after last week's. So, so, so anyway, we'll, actually, we'll to, be honest, Phil, yeah. to be honest, Phil, what I suspect is that both of them have moved to a different place, and I th- and Ari is admitted to her to herself and to the wave. She admitted that. That she'd basically forgiven him, right? Right, um, and taken him off her list. Okay. So I think she would be relieved to see he's alive, and I suspect he would be happy to see her. Yeah. Yeah, although I think he would not admit it. Right. I think he would chastise her. Right. I think he would he would insult her because he's and, the hound, and then he would share his chicken with her. Yes, that's right. I would agree. Um, now this this scene answers a question that I had last week, which is that the the. Brotherhood of I Will Help Banners, I never considered necessarily evil. And what they did last week made me suddenly say, this came out of nowhere. However, right. they answer everything today for me, or yesterday when I watched the episode, because it explains what happened. Yep. So, all right. So, um, yes, yeah, so the Hound's off to get vengeance for killing the great Ian McShane. And, uh, yeah, uh, he succeeds. He first comes upon a camp of them. And how many of you guys in that camp? Five? Four. Four. Four? Okay. Yeah, they deserved uh, it because they were gross. Oh, and, and he just, oh my God, he just fucking wipes them out with it, nothing but an axe. Uh, first blow, chops not, somebody's head off. Not even a battle axe, just a friggin' wood axe. <laughs> right. Chops somebody's head off, slits somebody else's throat, um, and hits one guy in the head. Uh, and then swings around and, and catches the last one right in the nuts. Um, <laughs> and then makes fun of him before he caves his skull in. Well, I like the way the director... 
trying to get information out of him, and, and to, it was good. It was good. But anyway, Mike, go ahead. I, was gonna, I do like the way the director used backgrounds. Um, we saw that a couple of times with the wave pursuing Arya, um, or when you reveal the wave as, as uh, Lady, whatever her name is, uh, Lady climbed up the the ladder, and you saw the wave standing behind her. So here you just have the them sitting around eating their their uh, food at the campfire, and you just see the see him out of focus in the background walking up to. Oh yeah, yeah. To yeah, like a, like a of, horror film. You know what it reminded me of? Yeah, like, absolutely. It reminded me of it reminded me of uh, in the mouth of madness when when uh, the, Sam Neill is talking to the guy at the coffee shop and you see in the distance the guy coming with the uh, axe. Right, right you know? Yeah, something like there that. There you go. Right. Yeah. Right. right at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Good comparison. So yeah, I like that. It was that was that was fun. Um, and then of course he has final words. Fuck you. That's the best you could do. Fuck you. Come on. You could do better than that. Cunt. <laughs> you shit at dying. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, he died a good Englishman by saying cunt. So. Uh, yeah, not in the offensive American way. In the innocent English way. That's right. That's right. So uh, after he slaughters the whole camp, he moves on to uh, discover the rest of the band of brothers who have caught the other three guys, who I believe were the three that showed up on horseback, yes? That's uh, that's exactly right, Mike. I mean, Eric, absolutely. Um, so he shows up, and it's Beric Dondarrion, who, as you may remember, the Hound killed in a previous uh, season, uh, only to watch him be resurrected, which leads to some fairly humorous dialogue in this scene. Uh, <laughs> which, which is the the hound saying things like "All men die, except for this one." <laughs> so yeah, except for this one over here. Um, should, should we also point out this puts to, de- to to rest probably another fan theory? Yeah, which one? Uh, which one? Fan Unfortunately, wish? well, which there's one? a character in the, in the book that was associated with a band of brothers, uh, and it doesn't oh. appear they're going to show up in the TV series. This is disappointing. Uh, because, My understanding is, yeah. without spoiling the book, the character's name is Lady Stoneheart, and mm-hmm. she's basically uh, brought to life by Barak Dondarrion sacrificing himself and takes over right. the Brothers Without Banners, but because she's a creature of vengeance, uh, that sort of was what leads them off to a bad path. Yeah, right. And so I think a lot of people thought that the reason that the Brothers Without Banners were being, were being cunts in the last episode was that we were going to get the reveal of Lady Stoneheart but right. we didn't, and the fact that Barak Dondarrion is still in charge and that they're still all kind of goody-goodies, that would sort of lead to what most of us had assumed, which is that the whole Lady Stoneheart thing is never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. They got which, cold uh, hands. Which honestly doesn't matter to me or Mike since we've never read the books, except for right. the first couple of books. Well, I'll, I'll tell you offline sometime, Phil, it would have been really fucking cool. It would have been cool, sort of like the the cold hands thing, and I get it. But I think you're, we're trying to wrap the series up, and right, that would seem to be yeah, you know, just one extraneous plot line, right? And the Griff, um, we need the Griff. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, the Hound shows up just as the uh, the rest of the band of brothers is about to hang these three for making them look bad. Uh, and there's almost a big fight between the Hound and the Band of Brothers, and then the Barrington is like, wait, we'll give you one of them. And the Hound's like, give me two. And they're like, well, okay. Um, so, but then 
the hound wants to chop him up with an axe, and they're like, no, 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 you gotta hang him. And he's like, what? What's the point of that? Uh, but then he does it. So, how like, about waterboarding? Die. Can I do some waterboarding? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and then right. he steals the guy's boots. Um, and then wants chicken as as he's dying. Uh, and so then they sit down. That's and that's. I gotta say, very few lines have made me laugh as hard as this one, and it's just a throwaway line. Um, but the uh, the band of brothers shares some food with uh, with the hound, and as he's finishing up, Beric Dundurian walks up to the to the campfire and says, uh, "How are you enjoying your meal?" or something like that. And the hound says, "I prefer chicken." Yeah, and and I just fucking lost it. I was like, oh, god damn it. This is after I got done yelling at Phil for calling him the chicken man. Now they're fucking writing it into the series. Fine. He's the chicken man. You're damn right. (laughs) Well, and then he gets up and he goes over to the the riverbank and it looks like he takes a loaf of bread out of his pants. Oh, we got to see his cock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is a large man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I know what, put it this way. By, oh, no, Eric, I have to talk about this. At the beginning of the se- episode, I always check, and it said brief nudity. So it's like, oh, we're going <laughs> to... And guess what? The brief nudity is in the clown's cock. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? Well, at least it wasn't a close-up of one covered in warts or whatever it was that... Uh... <laughs> I don't want to see either of those. I want to see see the, the topless ladies. So you, you don't think the ladies deserve anything? Well, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm saying that that we we should still get the topless ladies. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So where should be equal? So where what are you what are you looking at right now in front of you? Um, well, I'm reading about Troy Tolovitsky's restarting rehab for the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, what? right uh, on a what? On an iPad. On an iPad, and does that have a search function? It sure does. Oh, I know. What you're <laughs> okay, saying. type in type in boobies. <laughs> not birds, and and have at it. You'll will we'll, you probably you'll you'll be there for hours. You may even miss the next episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Fair enough, Mike. Fair enough. Ah, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure where this uh, where this uh, join up of the Hound and the and the Banner Brothers is going. Uh, they 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 sit around. And basically, they're trying to convince the Hound to join them, and he's like, "Nope." But he's uh, going to. You think he's going to? I don't know. I, well, it's not uh, he might he might, he might travel with, with them. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say he might travel with them. I don't think he's going to uh, uh, become Take a follower, or follower of the Lord of Light. Yeah, he's not going to get the membership ring. Nah. No, because yeah. I think he I think he uh, he wouldn't even, uh, he, didn't even, he has he has a very poignant line at one point. Actually, it, it struck me uh, particularly. I mean, a lot uh, of bad things in the, done in this world in the name half, of something. Half the, half, half the sh- Half of the shit things in this world have been done in the name of greater power, um, and it just kind of kind of hit me uh, in of things greater than ourselves. Uh, you know, events in current events happening um, just kind of hit home that line delivery. I was like, "Ugh, he's not wrong." Well, uh, and, and to be honest, <laughs> honest, uh, he refused to be knighted. He refused to be a true member of the King's Guard, even though they said he was. So. Right. So yeah, to him to suddenly go, okay, I'm going to join the the you know the red whatever they got. Yeah, he I doesn't need someone... to be a part of any association or club yeah, yeah, or religion. Yeah. 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 Well, what's interesting about the Hound is he really is fundamentally he's a good man. He's a good man that's filled with hate, which is what makes him great. 
right? But he is basically a good man, and he doesn't need to be, you know, caught up in causes, you know, and causes can lead people astray. Right, right. Well, that's that's what Ian McShane told him in last week's episode. He goes, "I'm sick and tired of all that crap," you know. You know, I'm in the evil and all that. I'm just doing this, building a friggin' house and garden, and that's that. Yeah, and of right. course, but the difference is with him, with the Hound and Ian McShane, is is that Ian McShane didn't have the hate anymore. The Hound has the hate, so he's going to continue, and he's going to just take out people who piss him off. Yeah. So I'm curious as to where uh, where those travels are going to lead. Uh, I don't know what direction they're headed or who they're going to run into. Uh, I think he's, I actually, going, he's going to the Sansa. He's going to join Teen Sansa. I, I think they're going I, to the I, House of Black and White. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. So, but but I think it makes a huge difference because uh, they're in the Riverlands right now, right? So if they go north, they're headed towards Sansa. If they go south, they're headed to King's Landing. Uh, he hadn't had, the Hound hasn't had much luck in either direction. Well, let me ask you this, Eric, <laughs> because you asked an excellent question at the beginning of this discussion on the Hound story for tonight's episode. But if he does go to Team Santa, because he is buddies with Santa, what would happen between him and Brienne? Oh, yeah, that would be an interesting, uh, interesting meeting as well. I think, I think the Hound has a lot of respect for Brienne for being able to take him down. Because um, you heard him when uh, he was talking with Ian Machine in the last episode. Like, it must have been a hell of a guy that took you down. He said, how many men took you down? One. He must have been quite a quite a guy. She was a woman. Uh, and he doesn't say it with any vile bitterness or uh, bile is the word I was looking for there. He doesn't say it with bile or bitterness. He's just stating a fact. It was a woman that took me down. Uh, and, and I don't think, uh, I mean, I think the only reason those two, I think those two, if they had just met without Arya in the equation, probably would have got along okay. I think the only reason they ended up fighting is because Bran wanted Arya to go with her and the Hound felt like her protector at that point. Because right. Bran is stubborn and has no couth. Right. Well, well, and I think, I think, the oh, hounds. come on, Mike. She may be big, but she's still a girl. Two things. The Hound... <laughs> the Hound um, wouldn't have yeah. vengeance towards her or Arya because he his anger and vengeance and hate are to, for true people who fucked them over big time. That, like the mountain. Right, exactly. Uh, Brienne, he just had to fight her. And to be honest, he would have kicked her ass if she didn't have a Valyrian steel. But... The point is, I'm trying to make, is that I think there would be no issues if and when he joins Team Sansa and sees Brienne. Uh, well, I don't know. See, I, I honestly don't know where this is headed with the Hound, so we'll we'll see. Fair enough. Any further things uh, on, on the Hounds, anybody? No, right? no I think we, uh, we can head on to uh, River Run. All right, let's do it. Is this the last major story arc we have for the season? I for believe the so, yeah. I think, I think it's the only one, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no no um, Sansa or, or John this week. Nope, that's all going to be next week. Hell yeah! Um, so I actually really like the River Run stuff uh, this episode, particularly um, particularly the dialogue scenes with Jamie. 
Um, there's a good one with him and Brienne, and there's another good one with him and uh, Edmund. Um, I thought they were both stellar and really just uh, showcased Jamie in a way that he hasn't been showcased in a while. I would agree with that statement 100%. Um, so basically, Brienne shows up, and Patrick says, this looks like a siege. And Brienne says, you have a keen military mind, Patrick. <laughs> that cracked me the fuck up. Uh, and, and so basically, she gets into the camp to talk to Jamie, uh, and they come up with this agreement. Uh, Jamie's like, look, I got to take this castle one way or the other. Um, you're not going to stop me. But if you can help me, then I have no bones with you and you can be on your way. Um, so he's like, if you go, if you can go in, get him to surrender, I will let everybody go north to help Sansa. And she's like, well, all right. Uh, um, so she tries to give Jamie his sword back. Remember the uh, Oath Keeper, the uh, Valerian Steel Sword that he gave to her in her quest to protect Sansa. Uh, and she's like, here. Uh, and he's like, nope, it's your sword now, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so she goes and tries to get the Blackfish to surrender uh, and fails miserably. Uh, and at first he's just being an obstinate dick about it uh, and won't even listen to what she's saying. Then eventually stops and actually listens <clears throat> to what she's saying and then more calmly explains to her, look, uh, sorry, I, I, I gotta stay here and do this. Um, so, uh, he basically shows Brienne the way out the back um, while uh, Edmund comes to the gate and, oh, there's a scene between Jamie and Edmund before this, which is just fucking fantastic. Um, You're forgetting about the most important scene. What's that, Mike? Jamie and Podrick. Uh, not Jamie, but Bron and Podrick. Oh, Bron and but God, I fucking love Bron. If anybody deserves a spinoff, <laughs> it's Bron. Uh, and and maybe Arya, maybe Arya and the Hound can can like uh, follow him around. I don't know. Uh, I love Bron. I smile whenever he's on the screen. Uh, well, Eric, do you see do you see how your feet are about a foot apart, a meter apart there? <laughs> Whack! <laughs> Assume everybody wants First to hit rule, you. Everybody's got to assume everyone wants to smack you because they do. You're a fucking squire. <laughs> well, that's why Bron is great because Bron is great for one thing and one thing only. You don't fight fear, you fight to win because right. you're dead otherwise. So you always fight to win, especially in this type of world. You fight to win even if it isn't. In other words, you don't be Ned Stark. You have to fight to win. You don't follow the laws and all that crap because you're just going to get killed. Right. Braun rules. Braun does so you, rule. You think they're fucking? I'd fuck her. <laughs> when do you fuck her? <laughs> you're the one with the magic cock. <laughs> That's awesome. I already he saw had, online. Braun, Braun had, had a good point there. He had a good point. It was an observation and it was legitimate. Yeah, I already I already saw online they already spliced together footage from uh, the last Star Wars movie where uh, I, uh, Oscar Isaacs and, and Finn get together like when he think, thought he was dead and they get back together and splice that in with the footage of of Bron and Podrick and he's like, do you think they're fucking? I'd fuck them. 
Why does everything have to go back to Star Wars, for Christ's sake? Because it's awesome. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, Game of Thrones uh, stands on its own. So, anyway, uh, this conversation between Jamie and Edmund, um, I thought it was pretty good, because he's being kept prisoner, and Jamie's trying to treat him with a certain amount of uh, decency. Uh, but he doesn't want to hear about it because he's still a prisoner. Um, so uh, he gives him this speech, and he's basically like, he's like, look, I I love Cersei, and you can laugh at that if you want to, but it's the truth, and it's all I care about. She's the only one I care about, and all I care about is getting back to her. And the thing I need to do to get back to her is take this castle. So I'm going to do whatever it is that I need to do to take this castle. And if that means taking your baby and putting it in a catapult and throwing it over the wall at them, then that's what I'm going to do. Because none of the rest of you matter a bit. Cersei's the only one that matters. So what's it going to (laughs) be? Well, and I would have to say, even though... You could argue most certainly that that it is evil in a sense because I mean you know all humanity is humanity. His point is is that that is good about it or interesting about it is is that he would let them all go free, kiss them and say you know good luck on your journey, or he would kill them all, whichever will get him back to his final goal. Right. He's going to do. So it's not like he hates these people. His final goal of they're fucking just, his sister. They're just in, <laughs> they're just in the way to get to his final goal. So well, if and that's that, what he's telling them. He's, yeah. he's like, look, this can end without violence if you want it to. Yeah, because but I honestly just, believe just make that choice. I honestly believe that he was telling the truth to Brienne when he said, "Yeah, if you can get the Blackfish to say, all right, uh, you know, I'll give up the castle. I'll let them all go up north. They can go.'" I think he was telling the truth to everybody in this episode. You did all, right. all he wanted was to get this over with, get the castle, so you can go back to King's Landing. Right, and and I think and see, I think his problem is uh, well, Admiral Sirs, you you think you're a decent man, don't you? Um, his, his problem is his sister. Yeah, his sister is bad up. for him. Right. What yeah. what what? What's yeah, the worst thing he's one. done in the series? Is probably pushing Bran out the damn window. Why did he do it? Uh, he's got a list of things. That, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he stabbed he, he the king kills, in the back. He, he, well, I think. Uh, he killed, hold on, he stabbed he the king killed, in the back to killed, stop him from killed, setting a city killed, on fire. He killed, he killed his his cousin in in the um, in the um, whatever her name is Stark's prison. He, he released. Okay, his, there's a fair one. Yeah, he released his was, brother from prison, allowing him to kill his father. I think the, well, no, the, he released his brother from prison. He didn't expect him to go kill his father. Well, it was still a consequence of his actions. But it's not his all action. All right, but it, pure evilness, meaning he chose evil, was when he killed his cousin to escape from the Starks, or attempt uh-huh. to escape. That was pure evil. Throwing Bran off the thing, that was pure evil. So those are two, for sure. Wait, Brienne? Bran, not Brienne. Bran. Brand. Oh, Brienne. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, I think... Okay, so he's got two. I'll give you two. Um, two is enough. 
and you're right. Two is enough. Uh, you know, you could say prisoner of war. Your first, the first duty of uh, obligation of every prisoner of war is to to escape, not usually yeah. by killing your fellow no. prisoners, especially one that's related to you. Yeah, distant cousin. You know, not anybody significant. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so even, so one at least, and of course one is kind of the reason why you got the others, right? It's, is that he wouldn't have been in that position had he not killed Brand. But, um. Oh, and, uh, uh, so after all this speech making and everything, um, basically he sends, he sends Edmer back into the castle as Lord of the Castle, um, who then gives the order to surrender to the Lannisters. Um, and the Blackfish shows Brienne and Podrick out the back way with a boat. Uh, There's always a back way. <laughs> and says, uh, yeah, you go. I'm going to stay here. Um, yeah, this probably isn't going to end well for me, but whatever. Bye. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty stupid. Uh, St- uh, Sean Fox, our uh, listener who wrote the emails, pretty much summed it up. It was kind of stupid. He would have been more useful going to Team Santa, which is what Brienne suggested, and he almost did. And he goes, no, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight. So it was kind of stupid. Yeah, but those honorable people are dumb like that. Um, (laughs) Just as Ned. (laughs) Right. It's people are, you can't, you you have to remember people are people, and people will sometimes do things that are not in their best interest, like fuck their sister. Um, In the case of... I was just going to say, and then to wrap up the River Run story, basically it ends with uh, Jamie on the parapet of the castle uh, finding out that the Blackfish was killed in battle. Uh, and then he sees Brienne and Podrick ride down the river, and he could have ordered some troops after them to capture them, but instead he just waves um, and lets them go. Right. Yeah. And and to be honest... Um I, I didn't. I mean, they made a big deal about it. Even, even Benioff and wife did at the end of the episode when the, you know when they talked about this episode, but it didn't make any make a big deal to me. Uh, I thought he was just waving, you know, bye. You know, we're good friends because she came into camp at, not as an enemy, and he never said that he was going to take her out if she tried to leave. It was only her that said, "I'm going to have to support the Blackfish because that's part of Team Santa." And right. so it so I didn't think I thought it was dramatic because he was waving bye to his friend and and there's and it shows that they're still good friends. But it wasn't I, the, I didn't catch what Benioff and Weiss and what you just mentioned, Eric, about how he was letting her go rather than arresting her, because it never occurred to me that he would have arrested her anyway, based off of how she was welcomed into camp. Well, and it was just an extension of what I was already talking about, about how Jamie really doesn't give a shit whether or not there's violence or people are captured or people die. What matters to him is that he gets his test done as soon as he can so he can go back home. Right. And, and yeah, exactly. And, and Brianne, unlike some of these people like Edmund and whatnot, who were just in his way and, you know, their fate could be good or bad. It wouldn't really matter to him. Brianne, I think he honestly does like it. And, and, and specifically based off of what he said to her, uh, in their last, sentence which was i yeah. hope it doesn't come to that where we have to fight so right. so uh yeah so that was interesting uh what do you think we're obviously we're going to find out when we get to you know episode 10 or whenever they pick up the storyline again but what do you think is going to happen to edmund and all those folk is he going to let them go or are they all prisoners 
Um, that's a really good question. I think, uh, I, I, from the look on Jamie's face, I think he's kind of disappointed that the blackfish was killed because I think he had a certain amount of respect for him. Um, and was kind of bummed that, uh, he ultimately was the cause of his death. Um, cause he used to look up to the blackfish when he was a kid. Um, but other than that, I think, uh, he, uh I don't know. I don't think it matters. I, I, I think Jamie is true to his word. I think it, I think it has always stung him that he's known as the Oathbreaker and the Kingslayer, even though I think we'd all, most especially, of us anyway, the, especially the reason why he did it, which is, you know, it was right. a, a good reason. It wasn't because he was an asshole. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so he's told uh, Edmure that he would set him up in, King, in, not King's Landing, Castle Rock, that his son would eventually, would get trained, he'd get given a keep, um, mm-hmm. basically as a reward for turning on his family. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think, here you see the difference is that, why well, I understand why that, did, did why I understand really why it was done. Family? Or, or did he really turn on the family, or did he simply uh, surrender like normal people would when there's no way you're going to win? Right, and I think this is the problem with Brienne, is that the problem with Sansa sending Brienne, and she really was maybe the best option she had available, is that Brienne is a stubborn, hidebound, and duty-bound, and sent to argue with someone who is just as stubborn and just as hidebound and just as duty-bound. Whereas I think maybe somebody like Bronn or Tyrion or Jamie, who is a little bit more willing to cut through the crap, would have been better able to argue with the Blackfish that what he was doing was fucking stupid, um, right. and that there was a, and that there was a that that where he was was lost. Whether it's going to be lost in, in in today or in two years, it's lost. That there was good to be done right now if if he left, and then he can come back later, perhaps. You know, maybe something else can be done. Maybe well, he can win it back later. But I don't. I don't think Brienne necessarily did a bad job. I think uh, Blackfish was just set on his course of action already and wasn't going to hear anybody. Right, I agree. But I think that there's a that I don't think she would go places in her argument that that other people would have. This is not her forte. Well, that's true. But I don't think other people would have succeeded either. That's what I'm trying to. Oh, say. they might not have. I think they would have um, had a better shot. I think they would have had a better shot too, because the Blackfish almost said, "All right, I'll come with you uh, to Sansa." And then I, I don't know if, if Sansa had sent someone that was more recognizable. I think he would have probably said, "Okay." Well, he doesn't say it, but all, but someone has to lay out a, a case for breaking his oath or for breaking his putting aside his his. And look, he, he wants to defend his home. There's no way around that, right? That that's what he's doing there, mm-hmm. and. And he dies to defend his home. And if you look at that, you also had the other, uh, the soldier there who lets them in, right? Here's a guy who lets the keep fall because he's stuck to his duty. And the Blackfish is saying he's, you know, got, it's, that's not Ed Muir, that's Jamie Lannister talking. Right, it's a prisoner yeah. of war. But you right, also, got, you could also look at, at, at the Blackfish and say, and say, well, you, you just want a suicide. Well, eventually. And so the, um, the soldiers first. So the soldiers going to look at who do I want to listen to? Uh, the the rightful ruler of Riverrun, whether he is a quote unquote prisoner, or the Blackfish, 
who is just going to get us all killed anyway, when Jamie has already promised free passage. In other words, they all knew Jamie wasn't there to massacre them. So it wasn't like well, they were worried know? about I the fray. I don't know if that got out to the general populace in the castle or not. I think that might have been just a discussion between Blackfish and uh, Brienne. Maybe. Well, or even even uh, Jamie and, and the Blackfish, for that matter, because Jamie was pretty much said, you know, I'm not going to slaughter you. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I gathered that they all thought Jamie was not there to murder them unless they had to fight. And, okay. and but that was just my assumption. What about you, Mike? What did you think? Do you think the the for a tully, minor character like that, I'm going to just the tully take them at their word. And he was saying, "Well, no, he's he's the rightful lord. He's the rightful lord of the castle, my lord. You're not the lord, my lord. <laughs> that Bottom was lord. lord. So I assume he was being truthful and <laughs> saying that this is this is what he's saying. Uh, you're right. I don't think they all were all that keen on dying, but you know, soldiers can be can be. Convinced that their cause, that a, that a, a losing cause is a is one worth dying for. Maybe one they won't die for at all. And you know, hold out hope. Two years is a long time to sit in a castle. Maybe shit happens. You know Maybe, what? You know, I think the problem was happen. with the episode. I think the problem with this scene or, or this story arc is me as a viewer didn't get enough attachment to the River Run um, heritage. That I was like, dude, why the hell would I want to be there when they're going to let us go up north to hang out with Sansa anyway? So and I agree with that just, wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, you suffer from Sansa blindness too. But uh, <laughs> I agree. That and they, he hates Catelyn. You know, it's we had all sorts of issues on these characters. We hadn't touched on these Bad characters touch. since the Red. Ah, uh, you hadn't. Go ahead. Touched on these characters since the Red Wedding, and now you bring them back less than half an episode ago and expect us to be invested in them, and it just didn't quite hook you like it needed to. And I think that's what you're trying to express, right, Phil? Exactly, exactly. So, so my and and we we knew, and plus we got to see the whole perspective of Jamie's side, and we knew Jamie wasn't there to massacre him. Well, we knew Jamie wouldn't hesitate to massacre him either, though. But he, his ultimate goal, in other words, we knew he, Jamie wasn't there to be Ross, uh, to be Ramsey Bolton. True. Yes. You know, so we, and at this point in Game of Thrones, no matter how ish, many issues Jamie had in the past, you could argue that they've turned him into a fairly liked character or, or respected character maybe well, a character that, that we can get on board with rather than the enemy that we he was at the beginning here's the thing jamie has developed as a character throughout the series and i think mike's statement is absolutely correct that his problem is his sister um if he could just stop getting pulled around by his cock uh then he might be able to be a stand-up dude but as long as he's tied to his family <laughs> in the multiple ways that he is uh, he's not gonna be, get there. I would agree. Yeah, he with was, that. If he was, if he would just do Brienne, he would be in so much better shape. Pretty much. I mean, except well, for well, the fact that, honest, that she's she's Tormund's now. It doesn't even matter because <laughs> because he can be, being who he is. Plus, he's, as as Braun said, he's a good looking guy, and you know I'm jealous of that. Um, the guy he can have any woman he wants, basically. So it doesn't even have to be Brienne, right? It can be anybody. So the until he can somehow get out of thinking Cersei's is the one and only, you know, he's going to have this this issue. 
Well, that issue might get blown up. We'll see. Yeah, but what well, I, I think. True. Well, here's what I'll say about it being Brienne is that the difference is that every other woman in Westeros would fuck him because he's because he's Jamie Lannister, and he's <laughs> good looking. Right. And I think Brienne really has an actual respect for who he is. Right. And. In fact, she she started out disliking him because everything to her is keeping your oath, and he's the Kingslayer, he's the Oathbreaker. And yet all he's done to Brienne is keep every oath to her. Exactly, and so she's come to understand him in a way. She started out at a point of hostility um, because of who he is she and his reputation. The, she may be the only one that truly understands him at this point. Uh, yeah, even more so than his sister, who's just right. in it for the, for the hops. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I, that's a fair point. I mean, and basically, what happened was is that Jamie's character, the moment he was basically a prisoner of Brienne, was the moment that he became a character we all liked. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, that, and and it just shows you, Brienne is a woman worth living for. So Jamie just has to get on board there, uh, or Tormund. Well, yeah, but but I'm talking about how Jamie will be will become the the change in Jamie if he hooks up with Bran will make him a, a good man. I, in other I words, don't say I don't see it happening. I I, I think uh, I think Bremund is bound to happen. It's possible. Well, I think that's a purely physical thing. I don't I don't know. I don't what know about either. people? Giant people deserve giant love. What happens if Jamie? They need to make snoo snoo. Jamie hooks up with Sansa. What? No. And that will align horrifying. That that will align the Lannisters and the Starks with She's already Sean. married to fucking Joffrey and Tyrion or uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, How many Lannisters can one girl get betrothed well, to? Well we can always dig Tywin back up. <laughs> Poor Bass is dead. <laughs> but anyway, um, As was which happens to all of Sansa's husbands, it seems, but yeah, it's uh uh, so all right, I think we're done here. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think the episode was as bad as say one of our listeners, Sean Fox, may have said. But it, the thing is, is that its great parts were great, and its bad parts were mediocre. Uh, see, just, I, I disagree. I thought its great parts were mediocre, and its bad parts were bad. So. There See, I liked its I liked its its great parts quite a bit. I thought the bad parts. Well, okay, I think the the marine part was small enough that it wasn't an issue for me, and or not much of an issue for me. And I think the um, what do you call it? the Arya stuff? Yeah, yeah. Would, was executed well enough that I could kind of lose myself in it, even if there was there were certainly issues. So yeah. I I, I like the episode. I just um, yeah, it's. And mostly for the character work, and mostly for, uh, for what happened at King's Landing and at uh, whatever that place is called, uh, River Reach. Yeah, Run. I think uh, I mean, uh, maybe I'm not giving credit enough to the rest of the episode. That's just the Marine stuff and and the Arya stuff left such a bitter taste in my mouth. I'm having a little trouble getting past it. And and that's what I meant, Eric. Is that the, the great stuff, which was the Cersei stuff and the Jamie stuff, were great. But I could see how the, the area in the Marine stuff could make you go, oh, this episode sucked. Yeah. Well, because of the, the issue even with the Marine stuff is that they keep going to the same story beat with Danny, which is, uh-oh, things look awful. Danny shows up with dragons. 
somebody on Twitter made a crack about uh, she should she should have uh, like should have done the uh, sitcom guest star Q. Uh, she could she should have come flying in the door like Kramer <laughs> when she showed up. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, and and, and they're, they're doing too many of these these stupid uh, beats with um, Tyrion where he he's playing with. Uh, right. Great Worm and Marine, whatever her name is, Masandi. It just, it just doesn't work, and I don't understand why nobody told them that it doesn't work while they were well, filming Well, because the, the only way to find out that it's not working is to do it, and yeah. by the time the audience sees it, the entire season's already filmed. Yeah, I says. And the problem, Tyrion, there, there's a reason why Tyrion works so well with Bronn and works so well with with Varric, is that he needs somebody with a wit that's equal to his own, uh-huh. and well, I'm going to disagree and say he was also good with Jorah Mormon. I thought that was that was good scenes. And with right. Jorah, yeah, I mean, but and and but Jorah again is a character where he holds with with both. So really, the um, problem is Grey Worm and Masendi. Well, Grey right, Worm and Masendi right. don't don't have and, and, and Danny too. I'm thinking. I, I think. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with Danny. Um, but Grey Worm and Masendi, they they're both too well, for lack of a better term, a little bit naive. They're not worldly enough. Right, and they're fucking boring. Yeah. I think that's I'm why with, they're with, each other. I'm with, I'm with Eric in this one. Yeah, I I, I just uh, I, I I want Tyrion from season three and 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 four. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of Tyrion season six. Tyrion. I would it's, take it's, I would I take Tyrion not, season one and two. Well, that too. Think, yeah. I do think and, he's rocking the beard. I do think the beard is a good look for him. It, it is, but it's not making up for the the shit they're doing to his character. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, giving him, giving something. Again, I don't even know if it's it's what they're doing to his character. I think it's his storyline. It's just terrible. Well, yeah, too, that too. Yeah, and no one cares about friggin' Marine. I mean, when he was ruling <laughs> Westeros or whatever, Castle Rock right. or whatever. The when, hell. He, when he was he head of the king cool. in Westeros, that kicked yeah. ass. That kicked this ass. is fucking lame. They need to exit. abort, abort, get out. <laughs> Right, I don't give a rat's ass about Marine. I'm sick of it. I want him back in Castle Rock or, or King's Landing or, or <laughs> well, again, or the problem with Marine is the fact that to me, I, I kind of like. At one point, Danny was moving. Right, she went one city to the next to the next. You got things rolling, and then they hit Marine, and they said, "Okay, we're going to learn a little bit about the problems of ruling." And then she's going to go back to where she was in the first season. Right, it's and and that's and that put everything just at a, came to a, a standstill, and it's basically been you know treading water until Danny can come back. So now Danny's back where she belongs. Hopefully, this can and you know that's kind of how it felt with Tyrion last season was wait until there really wasn't a lot going on until we could finally get him to Danny, and when he finally got to Danny, it was oh thank God he can go back to kind of. Being himself and being well, who he was, and, and to be honest, you know, no disrespect to Antarctica. I'm sure there's a lot of good penguins down there, but I don't give a rat's ass about Antarctica. I want to hear what's going on in New York City and Boston, just like <laughs> I want to hear what's going on in Westeros. I don't care about no Essos. That's Antarctica to me. You know, they can oh, terrible. I don't I think they have it. any penguins in Essos. Esso sucks, dude. And Arya's storyline and Danny's and Marines and all. Ugh, I, we got to get back to Westeros. That's it. Except, except for I, the sandbags. I can't really disagree with Paul on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, anything north of the Sand Snakes, we got to stick there. Speaking, speaking of Sand Snakes, that was another storyline they introduced at the beginning of the season and just have let fester. They've done nothing with it. And well, here's the thing, though. 
I don't think they introduced it. I, I think you're, I think you're looking at it wrong. They didn't introduce it at the beginning of the season. They tied it up from the end of last season. Really? Because wait, so you're expecting Cersei Lannister to just let them get away with killing her daughter? No, no that's the next this season. That's yes. next. She she nukes. She's going to nuke um, whatever the city she's in now, King's Landing, and then she's going after the Sand Snakes next. She's not going to survive it. She's uh, on a just, tear. Just a, again, just a line or two to her so that it was still somewhere in her mind. She's got bigger shit to deal with right now. <laughs> but uh, honestly, to give Mike, it's a fair point that he's saying, which is they introduce it. We think they're going to be a big villain this year or at least a, a big um, you know, stop to Cersei's plans. And guess what? They just disappear off the face of the earth. Well, it's only actually, even, even the, the death of her daughter barely seems to. It's like she got over that real freaking quick, right? The, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually, that's you know what. So the, even so, the, even the if they didn't Cersei's, mention the sand snake, the fake Cersei actually was more devastated about the fake deaths of of the plays kids. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you're right. Well, like that's a fair point. Maybe she's just a heartless bitch. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> and also at this point, she's probably thinking a lot about that prophecy. Yeah. Well, well, I think she's going to mistakenly kill her own son, to be honest. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Or not so mistakenly. Well, that's a question. She may be right. She may have vengeance now and say, you know what? My son's a fucking asshole. He's dead. <laughs> I wanted to see the Clicane Bowl. And he's not but, nearly as good in bed as his father. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, uh, so let's talk about what's going to happen next week. The, the, re- the preview showed basically the it's the It's, it's the, the Battle of the Bastards is the title of the episode. That's where it's headed. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, the basically Winterfell, Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty much just the whole episode. And we know how that's going to end, right? Yes, Ramsey's going to win. I don't think so. <laughs> that you would know, that would be original, though. That would be kind of cool. That would be original. And he won yeah, the last one. He fended off the last invader. And I don't think I don't think Sansa has as many troops as Stannis did. So how the fuck is she going to win? I don't know. Well, well here's it, what... They make a comment on... on uh, in, the, the, only one of us you can just be in the battle. You know, one one of yours, one of ours. I make some sort of comment on that in uh, in the previews, and I'm just thinking, okay, Ramsey's like, all right, I'll take you on, Jon Snow. He's like, oh no, no, I'm not fighting you. You're fighting one one. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but believe me, Ramsey wouldn't give a rat's ass because he's he's no matter how much of an asshole the character is, he's fucking funny, and so he knows what to do. We, we yeah, well, can't. We can't lose Ramsey because he's too funny. No, we I, can. I don't think he's funny. Well, he's funny because he's so twisted. It's hilarious. I laugh every time he's on screen. Wow, <laughs> said the humanist. All right. Yes. It's hilarious. I'm, I'm telling you, the <laughs> villains on this show are so fucking funny. I mean, Walter Frey's the best. I mean, dude, I would see a co- comic show in downtown Manhattan <laughs> with, with, with Ramsey opening. Joffrey in the middle and, and Walter Frey ending the whole series. That would be the best show ever. I'd pay for that. So let me uh. tell you, folks. Just the other night, somebody pissed me off. 
and I cut his cock off. <laughs> Boom, ching. That's hilarious. I can't get no respect. I tell you, I can't. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's I'm telling you. What do you mean wow. you can't? You, you lost the castle. a whole different side of Phil tonight. Did the the castle can't didn't just walk away? You lose a castle. You don't. You, oh, that's just funny. The guy's the best. The Ramses, they're all awesome. I, I, I'd, I'd rather they get rid of Ramsey and just give us more brawn. I agree. Well, if they do eliminate Ramsey, which he probably is dead next week, who's the next film big villain to step up? Or, or are they just going to focus on Cersei's now as the as the big one? Hmm, it's interesting. Well, they've got to resolve things in King's Landing. We got to see what's going to happen there, and depending on how that how that goes, if Cersei makes it through, the new- uh, then we can talk about Sand Snakes. Right, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good point. All right, so what we're guessing is Ramsey's dead next week. Cersei's going to nuke King's Landing in in episode ten. Uh, Ramsey might lose. I don't think he'll die. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But he's, he's going to be... He strikes oh, maybe me you as... Maybe him over to Theon. If he loses... <laughs> if he loses, that would though, be he, so sweet. If he loses, he's he's out of Winterfell, though, if he loses. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So maybe... Maybe... Okay, here's, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Sansa sent her secret raven to uh, Littlefinger, who actually is going to show up with enough troops to make a difference. Right. Sansa's, Sansa's side is going to win the battle, uh, but in the middle of the battle, Ramsay's going to scamper away somewhere, uh, and maybe he'll make his way to the coast, uh, where he'll run into the Greyjoys, uh, and he'll end up on in the hold of a boat, chained to a wall with Theon saying hello. That's well, what I'm thinking because the diff- he has if he loses he's a man with no friends because the Lannisters don't like him anymore either because he married Sansa, right? So he's fucked if he loses this battle. But go on, Mike. Yeah, you yeah. I think yeah. I think you're gonna have you're gonna have that moment where the all hope is lost that the the forces of of Stark and Snow are going to be wiped out. And then there will be the Blair, and Gandalf will come riding in with Littlefinger's troops to right. save the day. Ooh, so you're and saying it, that. And, and it will bring us all back to the question, why the fuck didn't Sansa just tell John about that whole thing to begin with? So you're saying that that it's going to be like the Starks and Boltons are going to destroy each other, and then Littlefinger's going to fill the vacuum. No, Sansa's going to be getting her ass kicked. And then Littlefinger's going to save the day. Right, so he fills the vacuum. Yep. Interesting. I can see that. Ooh, and then he's set to take the throne. I just hope he, that one He more owns the it. North. Well, he's... he's he's uh, Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. One one I'm needs w- to survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So this is it. So episode 9 is now the big crazy episode, but I think episode 10 is too because I think that's when King's Landing is going to go up in 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 the fireball. I hope you're right. I really want to see that happen. That would be cool to see a fantasy show with a nuke. <laughs> All right. I don't think it's a nuke. I think it's multiple multiple I think it'll be multiple targeted explosions, not one big one. Okay, that's that, that. Which which is still good to see. Yes, still good. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and the Sparrow and all that will be will go too. Yeah. Oh, so this could wipe out the friggin' Martells. I think this will take out the whole uh-huh. city. Wow. So the Martells will be eliminated, and then it'll be the Lannisters. That's, That's what I'm saying. The, I don't know if Cersei's going to make it out. Right, but the Lannisters will survive because they're out. They're out friggin' at River Run. Interesting. Except for Tommen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he won't matter at that point because because then then. There'll be no king, right? Oh yeah, all right. This well, is interesting. Well, let's yeah. let, let's think about this for a second. Okay, yeah. let's just say Cersei completely kills everybody in King's Landing, including herself. So that means Tommen's dead. That means Marjorie's dead. That means Cersei's dead. That means Kevin Lannister's dead. So Ooh, you who's know what? on the who's on the throne at that point? You know what? You know what? Mrs. Biggs has already left the King's Landing, so she, she won't be dead. So the Martell right. will still be around. Ooh, right. Interesting. Yeah, there's no one. But I mean, no as, one. Far as, as far as the hierarchy goes and the way the, the inheritance of the throne goes, right. if everybody in King's Landing right now dies, who's got the right to the throne? Technically, it would be the next Baratheon in line, and they're all dead. So right. well, that's it. That's it. They blow. She blows up King's Landing. Everybody dies, and at that moment, we see Gondry row, row his way up to shore, <laughs> or Gendry rather. That would be hilarious. So yeah, so that's a good question, Eric. I don't think there is anybody as a successor. Mike it. I, I think Gendry would be the the closest blood relative. But do you really think that would 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 be the case where he would suddenly become the king? Uh, well, the problem is everybody I, who knows I, I who he think, is is going to be dead. Well, here's the thing: I don't think bastards have any rights unless they're legitimized, like Ramsey was. Right. Um, so maybe not. Well, the way politics works, and this is what Ned Stark was trying to do, was you know he realized that they were going to install, uh, you know, a, a fucking inbred lunatic child as king. And so he was all like, "Oh shit, can we maybe get David French to run instead?" But no, it's uh, it's it's they decide to get uh, you know, get Gendry. And so with the support of the Starks and maybe some Baratheon allies, because he's the only Baratheon left, you know, maybe he's the one who we can be putting up, right? And so I think that's where that really was going. And so with support from other people. You know, you can make a case, and a bastard's only a bastard if he remains a bastard. You know, and if you know, you can get some people to say, "Oh, well, maybe." But, but, you know, Mike, he's the last I, one. I, we'll I recognize him. Mike, Mike, you're rambling on. The point is, is do you actually think this kid is going to be the guy that they're they're going? In other Benioff and and Weiss and and Martin, is that what you think they were? Playing? I, I think they would need to. The the oh, that's not going to work unless they find some way to explain. How anybody knows who the hell he is now, because almost nobody knew who he was. He didn't well, know Sandra who he knows. was. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, oh, we're, oh, we're all going to trust the witch. The red witch, yeah, she knows. Hmm. Well, and, you know, and, 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 and therefore what, and Davos what, knows as well. Right, and we could argue what evidence does she have for it, although, you know, they're obviously not too big on, like, actual evidence. Um <laughs> Right. So, so you, in other words, there, there you, is you know, no CSI Westeros. So, in other words, you don't think once the place goes up in a nuke and there's no king, do you think who do you think will become at least by the the common folk the new king? 
I, I think they're going to have to look for someone who's going to be whoever has the balls to step up and take it. Right. Right. Maybe maybe it's Danny. That, maybe Danny that was, shows that up to a opening. smoldering King's Landing and goes, "Well, this is easier than I thought." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right that, could, that, that could leave an opening for for Danny. Could leave an opening for John or Sansa. Could you leave know what an I'm opening thinking? for. I think I think Martell, Mrs. Biggs, is gonna gonna roll the troops in, and she's gonna claim the throne because it'll be no one there anyway, and then she'll get there. And say that her daughter, I mean granddaughter, was the queen, and therefore, since Jamie Lannister had, is is um, already uh, given up his chance because he became a king's guard or whatever, and plus the king already nixed him in the in the hierarchy, therefore it should just fall upon her because she will take it as the remaining relative of the king and queen. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's legit, and I'm not saying, right. it could ha- but I'm saying saying that this may be where they're going, and then I don't think so. No, yeah. I think first of all they're going to want to have they're going to need to get a a person who is capable of having an heir. They're going to prefer to go with a guy because that's just kind of the way things roll. Um, I think. Cersei's going to nuke King's Landing. Danny's going to show up, take the throne. Uh, Jamie's going to be all pissed off and want to take King's Landing back. And then the Starks are going to try and be the voice of reason and go, uh, hey, uh, folks, we got bigger fucking problems. How about all these zombies up here? Uh, and then everybody's going to unite to fight uh, the White Walker. Right, because at some point the zombies are you know, actually going to be the... Winter is coming. They're going to be the bad guys. And have we uh, seen them at all? But, yeah, we have seen them. I, I still can't believe anybody's going to follow Danny that lives in Westeros because that, that would be so stupid. Because the Targaryens were. were if everybody else is dead, why wouldn't they? First I of all, be a, first I'd be, of all be, be, well, you're a freak, Bill. Warfare. We know that. Grow a warfare. People, <laughs> people follow a strong man. First of all, figure out the average person is not affected by whose ass is sitting on the throne, so they're really not going to give a shit. And people are willing. Yeah, I, often, I, understand, I understand all that, Mike. It's just that. And that. people are willing to respect a strong man or a strong woman if she shows up with a fucking army and three dragons, yeah, ready to reimpose. Like hmm. Bill just doesn't like Danny. That's all. Oh, I understand that. And there's, there's lots of people who do, but with all with, and she's ready and willing to impose law and order again. And you know, after this place has been at war for five seasons. All right, I, I get where you're going at. You're basically just saying that they're all going to fall in line because of it. But I, I don't know. With, unless there's somebody to stand up that that produces a credible alternative. Right, and you still have Jamie, and you still have Mrs. Biggs. They hate Jamie. I, I, I don't. They all think hate Jamie. Of those are a viable alternative. Anyway, and Mrs. Right, well, Mrs. Biggs has has got our withered fruit. Either way, either way, we're gonna. And, Dan, and Danny doesn't matter, Mike. Danny can't have kids either, so it doesn't matter. So she has. We don't know that. Too. She can't. Uh, actually, we so, do know that. Yeah, we do. No, know they that. don't know that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's wrap anyway. this up. We're ready. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my God, we forgot everything. We know it's Baelish. He's going to take it over. Oh yeah, and actually, Baelish no will probably be the next bet for the big bad. He has no claim to the throne. I hope not, because he's awesome. 
No, well, so does, I don't think Danny does either. Ba- Baelish might either. Baelish might be in control, but he will never be sitting on the throne. Well, uh, let's see what papers Baelish pulls out of his ass at the right moment. Well, all right. <laughs> that would be an awesome ending. Baelish wins it all. I'd be, I'd be on board of that. I'd pay to see him in the comic routine as well. <laughs> and, and, and it could be simply sim- something simply as like, uh, okay, we don't have a clear line of succession. King died with no obvious relatives and uh, no heirs. There, you know, so that's not established. We have lots of possibilities, but no one with a strong claim. So let's get all together and have our own little version of the King's Moot and discuss who should be in charge. And that's where you could get somebody like Littlefinger manipulating the vote. That's right. Right. It's possible. So we'll find out. We'll find out. We we, we got uh, another two seasons and a couple episodes. Next week, Battle of the Bastards. That's right. That'll be a good one. Now, do you think this is going to be just that? Will this be like Blackwater and the wall? Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be more like... I think it's more like that, yeah, than than Harm Held or whatever it's called, where they had twenty minutes prior to the battle. Yeah, I want to see right. one one stomp some ass. Let's hope he lives. I I do. I hope he lives. All right, so that's good. Uh, any further things uh, about Game of Thrones, the future, or uh, this episode? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, let's go. All right, sounds good. So uh, with all that stated, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, Eric, why don't you lead us out? Thanks for tuning in tonight to listen to us talk about Episode 8 of Season 6, No One. Come back next week. We'll be talking about Episode 9, The Battle of the Bastards. Eric, that's wrong. It's Bastards. Bastards. (laughs) Bastards. 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 (laughs) 